Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. movie that I've loved and I've probably mentioned a lot of times on this podcast before Baby Monitor Sound of Fear and we're doing it with Ben Mendelker from Watch What Crappens, one of my favorite podcasts, one of you guys' probably favorite podcasts. We have a lot of your listeners by the way because of you you. and Ronnie coming on here Yeah, you guys have the best like the best crew. You really do. You know, I don't want to be cocky but I have to agree because our listeners are so fantastic. They are awesome. They are they're like so nice and they're all smart, they which are. is really helpful. They're just great people. And I say that, by the way, I want to just say now, no offense to the murderinos who I know I said that about last week as well. <laughs> you guys are fucking awesome. I just know you guys as fans on a different level. Well, I just I've fe- mixed with them yeah. a little well, more. I mean, I feel like the murderinos and the Crappens fans should just like get together and be like, like, let's have a date. Let's you have, guys should like, have your own Facebook group. Yeah, the Bravo. Bravo Renos. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So you guys, you know who you are. Anyway, anyone who's listening, no one took offense to that. But yeah. just in case. You know, I don't want to get called out on my hypocrisy. No, no. I mean, you. No, listen, Murderinos, fabulous. Well, fabulous. Also, I mean, the, the, that goes up to the top of that pyramid to Georgia and Karen. Yeah, They're, love you know, them. You know, it's top down. We're all, all of us are all strong women and men, yes. and yeah. that's just who we are. We're mm-hmm. strong voices in podcasting, and I'm not going to fucking apologize for no. it anymore. No, baby monitor, sound of fear. Ben, Oof. what did you think of this movie? Oh my god. I was really into it. I was actually surprised <laughs> that at one point I, I found myself in a, in a legitimate state of suspense. I texted you yeah. and I was like, I'm legitimately in suspense right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it's only one moment. It wasn't, it wasn't no, the whole and thing. I know. And there's like, but there's like a couple things that I wrote in my notes where I was like, this could only mean this. And yeah. then like that didn't happen. And then it happened to beat later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I see you baby monitor sound to fear, like even tripping me out a fan of you. Yeah. This was like, it felt like, um, lifetimes, um, take on Hitchcockian, uh, suspense thriller. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, Starring a blonde as well. A very beautiful blonde yes. woman. What's this? woman's name this actress Josie Bissett yeah now what's her deal Melrose Place okay because I knew that like when I looked at her I was like she's someone that people from like five years older than me care about but I don't care about yeah no I mean I think I think we just like basically have covered her CV you know Melrose Place this movie 
And she's probably um, like taking yoga. They basically, <laughs> right, totally. She's a caring card member at Yogurt Land. <laughs> but like, they definitely, like, they teeter up in a way. Cause you saw, we watched it via a non legal source. True. And every single, like, lower third, every time it came back yes. from commercial, it was like <laughs> Josie Pissett in this movie. And like, it was very, like, she was headlining this. And it, yeah, it was also like that, that little thing that would pop up is like really speaks to the fact that it was, this came out like 99 or something like that. Yeah. 98, 99. Yes, I missed that. You're exactly right. It's very much of a time. And then did you see the one that started to come up at the end where it was like Brian Austin Green in yes. this movie? And I was like, ooh, I want to watch that too yeah i was gonna write that down what i may have written down my notes i mean i'm you know i haven't actually looked over my notes since i took them about this movie because of course i had to write down everything right because there was too much stuff that that could not be forgotten this is why you're a perfect partner for this too because like you are a very thorough person for Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't listen to watch what crappens or know what it is these guys ronnie and ben do like I mean, your shows can run like two and a half hours, right? <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've had, well, we, back in the day, we used to have two and a half hour episodes. Totally. We, we would put like a few recaps together. Now we, we just do, um, usually one recap per episode, but we do like five episodes a week. So, yes. but we can have episodes like we will cover Real Housewives of New York and we might spend 90 minutes on it yeah. because I'm very fastidious about my notes. I, I just, I hate, I have this thing where I hate to mess up something or overlook something and then people are listening to the podcast and like going nuts being like, how did you not mess in that? Or that didn't happen. Yeah. No, this happened first and then you get, we get the tweets and the emails. Yeah. So I'm very self-conscious No, about our minds that. work that way too. Because yeah. like I also will go on other podcasts where people don't like the host doesn't think yeah. like that and I'm like sweetie we are like we are moving past some serious real exactly. estate here we're not gonna like go back and talk for 15 minutes about how James Kennedy like put that drink down on the counter yeah. like there's a solid 15 minutes of just like you know just dissecting things in there yeah but no, I mean I, I, I'm even looking at my notes here I, I already can see I took like very very specific <laughs> notes about the first 30 seconds of this movie about like everything we saw like I'm just that type okay good because I definitely have been trying to get a, like on my myself this year about not being as first of all time careless as i have been in other years where i just time careless like time foolish where i'm just like you know what i'm gonna sink like you know 30 or 40 hours into this one movie and i would watch it like six six times you know but like now i'll just watch it like two or like yeah two or three times usually and Mm. then take like beats but i know now yeah. more what i'm looking for than yeah. in the past so i need someone like a you to like come yeah. in and, and well, be the that. thing is ron and i on our show since we recap so much stuff on like a daily yeah. basis I've, and i've been doing this for a long time because before the podcast i was a tv blogger so yes. at this point i can usually just watch and i just I can usually usually just watch it once and just get all the good stuff and I'll sort of know this is probably be something I can talk about. Or yeah. even if I don't even know what I'm going to say about it, I just get a vibe like, gotta mention the gotta mention froggy like you know it's like i just oh, you know froggy it's like, is okay sometimes you just know and you're like well, i don't know what it's gonna be but once we start podcasting i know i'm gonna have something to say about it can we just tell the audience now like while we're here that this movie has the most insufferable child in the, the history like literally i i had a hard time thinking of a worse I, one I, the voice yeah, he's everything. not cute enough to justify nope. it like it's just kind of like why well i mean it was a real reflection of those parents if you ask me i mean that child 
was one of the worst children we've seen probably any mixed media i mean it, it really is though like when you look at a child and you're like you're not even cute yeah. like i don't even know why your parents like they would yeah. have to be your parents to fight for yeah. you not not an <laughs> interesting child no interesting interests no. like the the music so that he likes like his lullaby yeah, his lullaby, his yeah. lullaby choice. i mean we'll get into it but like He's a real. He was, he, not only is he basic, he's also like a little disturbed and spoiled oh, and disturbed entitled, for sure. You know, like yeah, a real problem. And he also skews like a little bit behind. I would say because yeah. like itsy bitsy spiders, your jam at five exactly. years old. Like you need that's to diversify. Like that's not a that's like, not for five year olds. Yeah, by five you should actually already be starting to dip into like radio music yeah 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 when i was let's see when i was five so that was so i'm 78 so 83 i was already taking on betty davis eyes totally you know totally and that's not even a joke i'm not even being like funny oh i don't think you are no i went to like graceland the paul simon concert when i was two because my mom was like we have to get the tickets for molly because i was like that was my shit like i would just jam out to graceland in the car i mean admittedly i I don't know when i started to phase out things like twinkle twinkle little star i probably still sang them i don't know i don't think i needed i don't think i needed to be sang it at night to go to sleep certainly not no and like also we grew up in the 80s where like i had like one book on tape and i would just like take it into bed like in like a fucking independent person by myself and just go listen to my one book on tape to me it was like (laughs) you know the the tapes the the musical tapes i had around that time i had wham yeah killing it wham and like huey lewis in the news you know heart of rock and roll it's like you we grew up in a different i mean oh yeah i'm like i'm a little older than you no i mean i just mean like you and i grew up i don't know about oh, this kid yeah but you know what child. actually Mm-mm. this kid's probably a fucking 35 years old now this kid he's probably out at the abbey every night he probably literally is. listening to twinkle twinkle little star yeah, on his disc like, man yeah well you in know, his he's, car up front you know he's an awful child yeah and i actually don't think that his future was very bright but yeah no he's like our age now i well, mean he was five in what 99 i mean who knows that could so be he's probably eight. older than me yeah yeah he is <laughs> no, i think kidding. yeah i think so <laughs> He's my um, sugar daddy on seeking arrangements. Yeah. So um, let's open up with this movie. We're gonna st- we're not gonna play the initial clip. We're just gonna talk about how this movie sort of opens up with a little sequence of mm. the creepiest fucking teddy bear I've ever seen in my life. Is the first oh thing goodness. we see like that, that. It's like haunting. There was a lot of teddy bear. I, I was. I also noted that that there was an eerie presence of like a stegosaurus there was actually a lingering shot of a stegosaurus almost to imply that the stegosaurus was going to play we go into role. dinosaurs for sure and there's also crocodile dentist which i'm shocked i knew the name of that game uh-huh. but i was like oh you're a board game head yeah, we were talking not, about that yeah. that's not one of your it's games not in my repertoire <laughs> crocodile <laughs> dentist. it doesn't seem like a smart no. um dentist pra- dental practice to attend i just wrote like they have licensed toys in this like this that to me was like a surprising sometimes yeah. lifetimes will surprise you by having like a random licensing moment um yeah. i but- also have to say i really um i enjoyed the font of the yeah. opening title because it was like a, t- a font that is like of a certain time and place it I was know. Like definitely like a late 90s like techno punk kind of like uh like like it's sciencey. Yeah, it's like, a little sciencey, a little bit like Y2K is on is on the horizon. Yeah, like get ready. Get ready. Things are going to change. Okay, we're doing this through technology, aka baby monitors here yes. today. Get ready for the science. Mm-hmm. But the, so like the whole thing with this intro, like and I rarely comment on this stuff is just like cinematically, like it's shot 
to be almost like Hitchcockian, but like yeah. it falls short in every way, which in that like it's not <laughs> shadowy enough. No. And it's not bright enough that I'm like, oh, this is menacing. Like the light is very noncommittal, like yeah. in where it stands as a movie. Exactly. And of course, as a title sequence, you know, Hitchcock is super famous for his title sequence. And this sure. one is basically Again, that like tall condensed font. Yeah. And then just a gliding gliding camera on some creepy toys. It's just boy shit. I boy would just shit. call it boy shit. It's like dinos and robots and stuff yeah. like that. And then we go to I wrote a couple parents in bed, but now we just know them as adults. Anne and um what's his face? Yeah, we yeah, are at this point we don't even know their names. No. I, I also wanna say, did you notice that um baby monitor the sound of fear? was based on a picture called Babyphone, spelled B-A-B-Y-F-O-N, which no. sounds like it's probably German. I didn't. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it said, based on the picture Babyphone by Edgar Van Cossert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see this now. And he got cre- he got a credit on this, too. Yeah. Oh, so this is definitely like a German movie or something that yeah, they... Yeah, ba- Babyphone. Das Babyphone. Yeah. Yeah, so let me, like, back history at you on Baby Monitor Sound of Fear. Like, when I started this podcast, it was based on a time in my life where I was kind of just watching a ton of... This was years later, but it was based on a time in my life where I just was watching a ton of these movies. Yeah. And Baby Monitor Sound of Fear, like, jumped out to me on, like, the TV guide. Yeah. But then, like, when I actually put it on, I was like, this movie fucks so hard, and, like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Because I also was taking in, like three lifetime movies a day at that point in my life so like it was just like no talking to people lifetime Mm -hmm. and work so like this this stood out to me during that time and so but of course the title's a banger and you never forget that Mm -hmm. but baby phone I'm not surprised that this was because it is a very (laughs) there it has a German element to it it. it, and also it's a real concept like this is especially for this time like this is kind of a menacing like you know oh cell service is like kind of a thing remember dropped calls like or like um you would sometimes be on a cell phone you'd be driving through a neighborhood and you just hear someone else's right a patch of their cell phone call yeah like that was i mean i'm sure that still happens but like that was very real like especially around this time because no one really knew what privacy we're losing privacy i can hear you on my baby monitor We're losing privacy. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we go from this to like this very loud. It's like, couldn't be more, I think, inappropriate the way that it's smash cut Contrast. to the, the loudest, like smoochy noises in the world. And like, mm-hmm. it's a bed creaking and it's like very comical, like, Oh, adults are fucking. Yeah. And, um, I just like need to say now before we play any of these clips, this guy's voice mm-hmm. is like, it's one that you can like feel from the next room. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, he's talking and it's like the bass is just so deep that you could probably feel it through the fucking floorboards. And like, I'm yeah. not attracted to that. And, but, but what's weird is that you can feel it, but you can't actually understand really what he's saying. He's like an yeah. early pioneer in mumblecore. You yes. Know? Yes. Yeah. He's like a totally like native tongue speaking, like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger where it's yeah. like, okay, like I don't, I don't, I see what you're doing here, but like, I don't. Yeah. Is he hot? I feel like he is like if you're at the bank, he's hot. Okay. Yeah, I guess. If you're you. watching TV, if you're watching <laughs> Josie Bissett, we feel like we could I feel like we could up our game. Now interestingly, he's now on like Chicago PD or 
Oh, that's a Chicago, huge. America he's, loves that show. Yeah, and he's like he's grown into being like a hot older man, like a hot older man on TV. Yeah, but, I can see it. He's like attractive. He's oh, like he was sort in of, Thelma and Louise as a state trooper. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he he looks like he probably had like a stint on Twenty Four. Oh, he's had a nice career, honey. Yeah, yeah Chicago he, he Fire. I mean, this guy works. Oh, he, works. he was um. He was someone on SVU for a few seasons. I know who this guy is. Yeah. Okay. But here's the here's the thing. First of all, we're not watching on a legal source, so it's hard to to yeah. get up the full quality. I actually had to go to a different illegal source to, to improve the the visuals a little bit more. Yeah. Versus the illegal source that you send me. Um, and I, fa- I found a slight upgrade, so I was able to see more details of his face. I also am hoping that there's an extra five minutes to the movie that I didn't see because I so. the- I, it just ends in a way where I'm like, sis, but <laughs> this actor's name is like Jason, like Beggy or something. Beg- it's B E G H E. Where if like the first thing I would do if I was this guy's agent, I'd be like, you know what? I feel like you could be on syndicated shows well through your fifties and sixties. Let's get you a new like a new last name, something yeah. that, like the fans can learn how to say. How about like Berg instead of Beg? Yeah, it's like it doesn't read on the page, no. and I'm sure it's not pretty in real life. You know, it's, no, or overly simple. It would be terrible if this was actually better than what the original name was. Like if his real last name was like uh, Bergelstein or something Ber- like Berger that. Berger Hammer was something. Be better. Like yeah. Berger Hammer, Berger. Burger Blinken. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is. Okay. So the guy is like, they're making out, and this guy's holding this blonde girl, and he's like, oh, I want a whole house full of kids, which is a real gross thing to come off. Like, when you literally, yeah. like, leave facial contact with someone and yeah. start talking about kids, like, yeah. I was like, this is... That would freak me out. Like, yeah. I'd be like, can we take a breath? Like, why are you immediately talking about kids? Like, exactly. while we've been... I mean, it looks well, like they're fucking, right? Well, right. I think... Because at this point... At this point, as I'm watching, and he's saying, I want a house full of kids, I'm thinking that they're, like, either in a, like, a, like a, they're either married or they're, like, down, going down that path. Right. And I'm feeling like this is something that she needs to hear. Yeah. This is what she's looking for the, for, for from this guy. Yeah. She has this, she's been probably saying over and over again, I want kids, I want kids, I want kids. Yeah. And he's like, you know, like, if I want to, if I want to bang her again, if I want to, like, if I want this to be a thing, I gotta mention the kid. Make it seem like thing. it's something, right? Yeah, like there will be kids at the end of this. Well, let's play one fifty-five to three twenty-one. I might put you through this scene again. Please. Like trigger warning, by the way. It's yeah. like so gross. I don't know why I'm a child. He mum he moans so many times in this it's so gross. Just exactly how many is a house full? Um, one four. Listen. Twenty. <laughs> All right. I'll have, uh, ten. Ten? <laughs> I literally don't understand them. Mm-hmm. What? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just thinking about my exams. Oh, you're going to pass, I guarantee you. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You'd be a walking ad for your med school. Wonder who wouldn't want you as a doctor? <laughs> who wouldn't want you, you want as their doctor? doctor? I feel yeah, like that's I'm a really weird thing to say to someone when they're naked. Yeah. Like, because my biggest fear is I had a slightly hot doctor once, and I was like, I don't think I can go to him anymore. Yeah. Like, I can't let that guy see me naked. He's yeah. way too hot. Yeah, exactly. Like, he'd buy me a drink first. Like, literally the definition of that. No. <laughs> He's also really fond of just smushing his nose on her forehead. Yeah. No. 
He seems oh God, like he smells warm. Oh, look at yeah. this. Like he, <laughs> he probably has like a, a really bad morning breath. Yeah, like, really bad morning breath. He yeah. seems like he like when he comes back from the gym, he's like especially heinous. Yeah. Especially he heinous. He That's v- and he's on SVU, especially heinous. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow, what a connection. <laughs> Is that the end of that scene or are we still we're powering Here, through? I just wanted scene. to make the audience watch uh, that. <laughs> it's I'm so sorry, you guys. Like literally, it's like a cat I'm purring, so like sorry. a disgusting cat purring for like a minute it's and a half. Exactly, like a it's fat, like a, gross cat purring on a tree. Yeah, with like morning breath, and then also like reminds you of like one of your dad's friends. It's like, like the it's cat just, just had some fancy feast, and you're like, oh, I can smell the fancy feast on my cat's breath. It's right, like and it's just like kneading its, its paws. Like it's just like fucking gross. And you're like, I'm trying to sleep, and this cat is like nibbling on my ear. Literally, and like. As an animal lover, it pains me to say, like, I've met that cat. Like, yeah. some, I've met someone's pet, like, once or twice. Like, I've met a dog or two or a cat or two in my life where I'm just like, you are rotten to the core. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened to you yeah. in, like, the gestational period or in heaven or whatever, wherever you came from. Something, that's him. He's exactly. totally gross. And what's shocking, actually, about the casting of this guy is that he has like a generally evil look to him. So yeah. I immediately am assuming, oh, this guy's a bad guy. Yeah. So it's a little shocking that he is ultimately actually not the bad. He's like actually the hero. I well, mean, not the hero, but well, he's when like we the, find the, out like the what the how they were able to find the only person more slightly like just like unlikable on character. Uh huh. Is, is the woman he's actually married to, which yeah. who we'll meet in a moment. So we yes. see this guy pulling out of his driveway. There's a lot of construction out front. Mm-hmm. He's approached by the foreman who says he's like a week out from being done. And the guy's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, construction's construction. No yeah. big deal. Hey, it wouldn't be construction. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and then he says, um, check the garage door. It's not working with this remote. So... Mm. We all, we've all been there, right? I think he's very good natured, honestly, for like, but he would be now that I know more about him. Well, once, when, this is when we start to realize he's actually going to be one of the good people because when the guy is like, Hey, Mr. G, you know, this is your condo's not going to be ready for five more weeks. He's like, Hey, otherwise it wouldn't be construction. You're like, okay, he's like entirely too patient. And yeah, you're right. You're right. The way he handled it was very kind and relatable. Yeah. Um, so then we see the blonde lady from the bed picking up a kid at daycare. Um, I, I wrote it's just very obviously not her kid. Um, mm, I, I thought my note was Josie with her son has a drawing. Oh. So I thought it was her kid. I thought the way that she humored him about the drawing was a little bit too like, oh, that's nice. That's like, nice. Your splotch. Yeah. Um, so then we go to Whitson. I, do you know, do you speak enough French to know how to say this? Um, I was president of the French club in high school, so perhaps. Is the Whitson, is the way that they wrote, like, is J O L I L L I E R? J O I, it's probably like Joualeur. Yeah, so it's a fine jewelry shop, <laughs> well, and that's where they French. work. And Whitson's their last name, right? So I think, like, yeah. I assume that that. That second word is some sort of way of saying like jewelry, but it's not. It might be jeweler, jeweler, might yeah, be jeweler, okay. might be something like that. I don't remember. There we go. I was more distracted by all the like, like Jose Bank fashions happening during the scene. It was very like, um, who, what, um, who's outfitted um the host of love connection and they'd always say like Chuck Willery. Yeah, but they'd always say like outfitted by. 
and it was Men's like Warehouse. the same company every week and it, i had only heard of them in connect like i've only heard of them in connection to love connection because and then they moved on to this movie and yeah. they're like this is good this is our big break baby they monitor. bought out men's warehouse or something and they basically just said like we have to stock this set and also yes. the women are going to wear some of these too <laughs> yes everyone everyone wears it so he walks in and he's the boss and like Right away, I either think he's the client or I assume he's the big boss. But then he sort yeah. of gets into the pit and he's working with like the people that yeah. are. There was like a, yeah, there's a whole sort of like weird. You know, I have to say, I didn't really buy that he was a jeweler. Literally not <laughs> one second of it. And I definitely didn't believe he was the creative end. Yes. Like, you know, like of the jewelry business, which apparently he is. Yeah. But when you meet his wife, who's the other co-owner, spoiler alert, you guys, she is so staunchly not creative and yeah. so staunchly not someone that you would imagine in any sort of like aesthetic anything like she really seems like someone's real estate mom that's like killing right. it at the real estate firm she's like actually she really reads very chris jenner and i hate to like bring yeah. chris jenner into it or that whole world but like her hair her fashion her attitude you but know. like minus like I don't know like twenty percent of the sexy maybe thirty yeah. percent which yeah. like I don't know about you Chris Jenner does not read as a particularly like sexy woman to me but I can see how she got knocked up with seven kids or whatever yeah this one no this one no mm-hmm. I I have no idea so um she gets a phone call he gets a phone call it says Matt your wife wants to see you so he goes back to the um. He goes back to the office area where his wife is working and she says that she's been working on her mom's. He's like, Oh, I've been working on your mom's necklace all morning. Yeah. And before that, or, and then after that, I took a leisurely drive yeah. like to think about some things. Cause he so, was, yeah. is that what that was? Well, I, I mean, I think, well, the point I was at this point, like, Oh, we are already in our first major twist because I oh. was already thinking that he and, 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 the blonde yeah i was like oh they're a thing they're like either getting married or they are married so when it's like oh this is the wife i was like we are like literally like seconds into this movie and there's already a major twist going on so i was i think actually reeling about that yeah um i just and there was just like patter about a, a diamonds and a necklace so i wasn't really totally paying attention to that part because i was like in yeah. a moment of like maybe Whoa. it was my woman's intuition that told me when she picked the kid up outside of the school that that was definitely not her fucking kid yeah or maybe it was that i've seen this movie once before probably very stoned about seven years ago yeah, but help. something yeah um so there's a lot of tension between the two of these people people and she clearly resents like how much she's doing and how little mm-hmm. he's doing i wrote resents too yeah. um, resentment let's, all over let's just uh play this clip because i want to go into like my feelings about this marriage yeah. 620 to 742 because i have like notes about my feelings here what's the point is the necklace gonna be ready for the party i'm working on it yes i know you are I just don't want a party this big without a gift. Tom, I don't pay you to give me reasons why you can't do what I want you to do. I pay you to do it. Well, I could care less about her situation. I want her in court and I want my money. All right? Good. Suddenly our lawyer has scruples. Imagine that. Sometimes you scare me. And why is that? Because I don't let people take advantage? I mean, do you think you could have built this business? If I left things up to you, our condo's the perfect example, nothing would ever get done. We're living in a damn construction zone. Did you call them? I went by. It's another two weeks. Well, I don't have any problem taking them to court either. I don't think it'll be necessary. 
I asked Anne to get those uh, Jordans or whatever they're called for Peter. I hope she doesn't forget about it again. Why are you always criticizing her? Why are you always defending her? Because you can trust her. That counts for a hell of a lot when somebody's watching your child. Well, I've got lunch with the Tissot rep. Give this to Max. He thinks he needs a better stone. Tell him he doesn't. It's a little bossy for someone who's not creative. Okay, so like, exactly, right? Well, wait a minute. So, so let's just like go over the fact that I'm just realizing like much like the fucking uncle on Breaking Bad or whatever, this bitch has geodes everywhere. Like, I, this is the most literal set design. They're like, you know, we like rocks. So like, we literally just put fucking rocks everywhere in the office. Behind her, there's like, I mean, that, that shit would right now, it would go in the crystal market the way it is now. It would go for quite a bit. But it's also like oddly like cheap looking set material yeah. for something that's supposed to be also this woman just reached behind her desk and grabbed a new diamond. Yeah. That's like, this is, this is a good enough diamond. Yeah. From a like totally unsecure location on, in an office that anyone could just like take a diamond from. I mean, so I wrote, this marriage is a mess and mm-hmm. this is a worst nightmare scenario already. And then I said, what do you, what do you like, what gets you to this? place in a relationship is it fighting or not fighting because well, this is either something yeah. that this should have never even happened or it deteriorated there's no fighting happen there's so many things that are unsaid between right. these two i think we see that we see that he sort of is will she she says caustic things he wilts and um what we're seeing here is like a classic i feel like lifetime trope yeah slash tyler perry trope which is that <laughs> if you're a woman who wants to be successful yeah or wants to earn money you are then inherently cold and evil and you're mean you're not maternal and you don't even you don't even know things i almost looked at it like she dipped into her work because things were lacking it but you're right you're right it's It's, that this person she it's a family business for her too which we also know is that she's from money and that she has this big party for her mom so she's really wrapped in yes almost like by birth did not have a choice but to be this person well except it's weird because they say she says that she built this business but at the same time she clearly inherited it so right there's some like may perhaps some delusion about her role in the business's success and maybe she's actually aware of it but she needs to like say these things yes that she built it even though she knows she didn't to make herself feel like she's done something like with her how life. mario on real housewives would like convinced himself that he ran a successful christian trophy business exactly. when he clearly inherited it he yeah full, full inheritance also do you feel like sometimes like i was watching this scene it sort of feels like um these were like actors from sweden that were like dubbed over in english sure yeah for sure except i did really like i really had a moment of recognizing him from svu and i'm not exactly sure when but this scene i really saw his face for the first time and was like but you're right no these also are like i mean she in particular is very nondescript like Mm -hmm. you could she literally could be from like a tylenol commercial or literally my male my mailman yeah you know my male person yeah yeah um but i i honestly with them i kind of get like fallout on the honeymoon like that's where i see their problems going back like it was like you know everything Mm -hmm. was fine leading up to the wedding and then they get to the honeymoon and she's still a bitch and he's like oh fuck like only what she wants to do yeah anytime they don't do something she wants to do she gets she has like an attitude and he's like i don't know if this is like i don't want to spend 
my honeymoon in Paris. I wanted to be in the Bahamas. But this is this motherfucker's fault too. It's hundred percent his fault. It, you know, he. I always say, like, whenever you see someone like who's like leading a pack like this, you have to look at who's following, and you have to yes. say, you know what, that's on you, sis. Like, what have you done to like exactly perpetuate this? Well, he. I mean, he, it's all passive aggressive because he sits back and says, "You just choose. You just choose," and he doesn't put in his input. So she's like, "Okay, well, this is what we're gonna do," and then he resents yeah. her, and he's like, "Well, she gets to call the shots." When he's basically putting it on her, like, "Oh, she's the boss one." I was like, "Well, if if she didn't do it, yeah. no one would have done it. They would have spent their honeymoon sitting around their shitty under construction condo." Yeah, no, man, you're right. It's you know? tough. It's not fucking enviable. This is why, like, you know, you really got to look into what you're doing with your yeah. life, you guys. Although There's- she, she really. She does. She's not like without her faults. I mean, no, her, I just her, mean these two should have seen. They probably knew the entire yeah. time they were dating in this fictional world it that it paper. was just not. It was like they just were like, you know what? There's something a little off here. Yeah, that's not going to withstand the test of time. Yeah. But they powered forward anyway. Yeah, and this is where this is where you wind up. Yeah, is someone is you know in a master scheme here in the end, and someone's gonna die, mm-hmm. and, and that's just not yeah. right. And her disregard for pop culture, I think, is also particularly offensive. The way she says, like, "Oh, we should get Peter those what Jordans or whatever they're called." Yeah. I mean, this is ninety nine. Exactly. Okay, everyone knows what Air Jordans are. Even, <laughs> even. Even this, right. like, even what's her name, Carol? Yeah, well, yeah. like Jordan was like on his, he was like already retired by then, right? Yeah. He was on she's, his second retirement she's, by she's the time. She's been to galas with him, <laughs> right? Like, who do you think? Who do you think she's making these diamonds for? Right, right. You know, yes. Jordans. Like she's like, um, please. And I also didn't get a read on what city they're from, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Chicago or like some major sports yeah, city, as played by like Toronto. But yeah, it yes, was totally. It, either way, even if she's in Toronto, she. Definitely knows about Jordans. So then we go to now we know the babysitter, Anne, who's the blonde from the yeah. bed in the first scene. She's yeah. at the park with the kid and she's pushing him on the swing. Um, and she's pushing him, but she starts to get nauseous. And I just wrote here, she's a, there's a 100% chance she's pregnant. 100% chance of pregnancy. Like you know? one hour earlier, she was talking about all the kids she wants. And now she's pushing a kid at the park pregnant as fuck. Yeah, getting that like obvious obvious morning sickness so then we're back at the house and the grandfather clock strikes three and we see the little kid in bed and like he's making these wild napping faces did you yeah. see his napping faces no i didn't notice that it was like um i'm trying to think of a movie where like a character notorious it was like almost like a facial sort of like tourette's and i mean that literally not making fun of right. tourette's i'm saying like like literally a facial like a series of facial tics yeah that manifested in this child's nap face right it was like and it was like one of those like obvious things like, where there should have been like a feather over like, like kind one of those of. like like animated naps you yeah know? or maybe just like i looked almost like there was like a string pulling sides oh, of his I- cheeks like from t- do you know what i'm saying yeah, like, it was like kind of like it was like a like there was maybe like a something like he was there's something there was like a like a piece of sandwich that had gotten wedged in his teeth and so in his sleep he was like trying to like <laughs> yes unstick it he was like, yes like, and yeah. i'm wondering who the fuck gave this kid this action or this direction i don't know he didn't have to do anything right. he was napping right. eyes closed <laughs> regular ass face yeah so um she's working on her laptop in the dining room and the kid this house looks really really nice this condo it looks really nice. nice and she's wearing a very luxurious oversized white like cable knit what was yeah. it cable knit turtleneck sweater yeah you know i wonder what kind of money she's from because she's putting herself through metal medical school on like a babysitter's salary 
yeah wearing nice sweaters Mm -hmm. like you know she's not she she wants for nothing in her life she also had like a little bit too much time for someone in medical school to be doing all this stuff literally like Like, just a little too free like has no friends like has no one in her life at any point that we ever see her even reference like oh my mom or my friend and i were gonna do this yeah um so the kid gets up and he like starts fucking around with his baby monitor and then he tiptoes out of bed into the living room and she's like fixing herself a snack at this point of course she's helping herself to some pickles Yes. Yeah. Uh, as one, I mean, it's another sign of pregnancy, I suppose. Yeah. If you're not puking everywhere and eating pickles, and you certainly are not with child. Is there is there an inherent, deeply inherent flaw with this movie? It's called Baby Monitor. He's not a baby. He's five. Do you do baby monitors? The when, baby so, monitor. Oh well, no, I wrote that five, too. Like this is some like helicopter parent shit yeah, that I grew. Yeah. I didn't grow up with this. Right? Like and no, like if I grew up like if you were sleeping in the car, like when your parents had to go into the bank, like your sleeping child body was gonna stay there, and then like they'd come back a half an yeah, hour later, yeah, and you'd look for an identifying landmark, and you'd be like, well, I either have no idea where I am or. My mom's at the pizza place. Like you had yeah. just, well, I was often just like, you just, I wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a nap. It'd be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to the bank or whatever. I, you know, I'd be like seven and just sit there in the car. You just sit there. Yeah. No, I just mean like that waking up. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, like cause I think the baby monitor really only tends to, is someone sneaking in your kid's room? Yeah. Or is is the child waking up and in distress? Right, right. But like that's the whole point of a baby monitor. Yeah, is like the, when you're five and you have legs and you can like move on them. Yeah, like that's, that's that's exactly the point. Like that, like a baby monitor is for like when the baby's either crying and needs food or it's it's having a problem. But if you're five, I had a sleepover at someone's house when I was like I was seven and she was like eight. Uh-huh. And we were like talking like when we went to bed and um all of a sudden like her mom like burst into the room and was like girls go to bed. Yeah. And I was like how did your mom even know we were talking? And <laughs> yeah. she like points to the baby monitor. Oh. And I was like this is fucking sinister. Like yeah. your parent first of all like your parents are in their bed in their marital bed listening to two like 7-year-olds like whisper themselves to sleep. <laughs> How is that inter- like turn that off and like go like make a new child or something? Like what the fuck are you doing? But yeah. like yeah, we were being like spied on as fuck and yeah. our mom would listen every night on the baby monitor. Wow. And I, it's like I, for what? For what? Like well, it was before the internet. I guess. Um so anyway, um but now they have the TV ones. Like like nanny. Yeah. Yeah. They got like the you can monitor anything now if you want. It's crazy. Um So the pickles. So instead of flipping out, so the kid comes in and she and like he like does a monster scream. He's like, ah Yeah, and she's like opening these pickles and she's like a pickle spear is coming out. Like yeah. she's like, you know what? Kid is asleep. Time for a pickle. I'm just gonna have a very. I'm gonna just open this up. I'm gonna hold it carefully. This could be a pickle spear. Just me and a pickle spear. Screams and then she drops the pickle jar and like you see like a flash of anger in her eye and you're like oh fuck what's she gonna do and then she starts like chasing him around and like tickling him and be like ah get back in bed yeah like like, oh my god it's so funny that you just startled me and now I've like broken the pickle jar and I'm like looking at this being like he's barefoot. I wrote that too. He's barefoot. It's so irresponsible. Yeah, like who knows? Like when when a glass jar drops, there could be a shard in in two rooms over. Okay, glass flies. Yeah, no, it's but it's also like that kid is so already. We, already we know yeah. this kid is out of control. She's chasing him around. Yeah. Like it's inevitable. He'll just go running back into that kitchen. That yeah. little like 
that like awful child. And now that I hate him, I feel like I can really take like some liberty with what I think that child would have done. And I think you would have apps. I think that that's the kind of kid that like goes out of his way to like, it seems like it not really, but it's like, Oh, like if you could have one thing today, I knew you'd ruin it. You know, like she was like, I like, you know what? I think I might, I might be pregnant with a man who's in like my boss. I, I I have medic, I have these bills for school. I am behind in my studies. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to pass my next exam. Yeah. Like all like right now, all I need is a pickle. Like my life is coming down to this pickle. Just like give me, grant me the serenity to enjoy this pickle spear. So there's uh the couple gets home and they want to fire. They talk about how like, um, in the car about how she wants to fire the nanny and Peter's like, and even, even though Peter loves him because Peter seems to think like he's gotten used to the idea of, that maybe mm-hmm. this nanny is his mom. Yeah. And she's the mom's like, you know, yeah. yeah, she has a total jealous streak. And then we cut to back in the room. I'm sorry. I don't know why I wrote it's even, oh, they're no, singing no, no. it's yeah. a bitsy spider at There's, the table. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. And like, I didn't even write it down because I thought it was like a nothing thing. I didn't realize what a role it's a bitsy spider was going to play in yeah. this movie. I know. But basically he wants ice cream. Peter wants ice he's cream. Begging he's begging for make- cookies and ice cream at bedtime, but it- she refuses. And he's like, I'll poke your eyes out. Which is like, what a brat. Yeah. What and then it- he goes, I didn't say that. Bad monster said that. Oh, was it bad monster? I thought he said Ben the monster. And oh, I, was like, I oh. thought it was bad monster. Maybe Ben the monster. Well, I, I mean, mean, you hear what you want to I mean, with I was, Peter. Was I projecting myself onto it? I think we all do with baby monitor sound of fear. <laughs> I think but so. then she goes, no, you said that. that. You said that that's not very nice no just like pay attention to first of all poking your eyes out because this kid has a fixation on eyes yeah like violent behaviors he he shows up already in this weird like monster mask he's allegedly yeah. afraid of monsters and yet he has a monster mask he frightens her yeah ruins the entire pickle experience yeah glass everywhere on the floor and by the way no indication that it's ever been cleaned up yeah you know and now he's saying i'm gonna poke your eyes out unless i don't get my ice cream and cookies <laughs> How about you? How about you get? Here's what you get. You don't get ice cream cookies. You get put in your room with the door locked. Absolutely. Yeah. You go put your nose in the corner. So the parents come <laughs> home and the kid's like psyched to see them. And he's like, dad, can I get the ice cream? And dad doesn't really say anything. And mom's like, sure. What does ice cream hurt before bed? Just as long as yeah. you brush your teeth after. Because she's not maternal. She's a career woman. That's not, the message. Literally has never even seen this child. So yeah. then, um, the two of them, like Anne, like gets walked to the door by Matt, the dad. And they yeah. like are lingering by the door for a second while the mom is like getting him ready for bed, which I just wrote yes. here is very risky. Super risky. And then on top of that, Anne's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm running out of patience. I don't know how much longer I I'm can like, do this. Anne, shut up, bitch. Like, I know we're not living in the age of cell phone. Like, you're not yeah. talking to this man till like tomorrow. But like You need to like You need to like This is not how you do it Remember the 90s When we had to sit With communication Yeah Like when we couldn't Say everything we wanted And we also knew That we wouldn't have The chance to For sometimes maybe Two or three days Yeah it's called Write a fucking love letter Okay (laughs) Yeah exactly Um, So I don't know what happened to the ice cream, but like she's, then we see Peter's in bed and, um, where we open up, the mom is shutting the curtains, which I wrote here, like the son's like, don't close the curtains all the way. She's like, well, why? And it's like, cause it's, he's a child and yeah. like kids like light in their room. So we're going to play this whole clip. It's a longer one. It's oh, 220 to 1412. I have things to say, but there's a lot going on I have here. To say. Not all the way. Good night, sweetie. Where's Froggy? I can't sleep without Froggy. 
He's having a low-level anxiety attack. A listless hand flap. Yeah. In the teepee. So he has a little teepee in the corner of his room. It's like a home for stuffed animals, just to set it up for the audience. It's like one of those props they had in like every childhood bedroom of a spoiled kid in the 90s. This is one of my favorite parts of the entire movie, this part Hmm. right here. Mr. Spider is much like you and I, and late at night in his bed he lies. Even, even fucking Peter is like, what the like fuck is boy. this song? That's not the spider song, and you put me to bed. You don't ever do it, honey. One day, Anne's going to have so children of her own, and she won't be able to come as often. I want Anne. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Um... Why don't I play your music box, okay? The anxiety she's feeling with this music box? Get some sleep. You know what happens to little boys who don't go to sleep? What? The bad monsters come and take them away. <laughs> yeah, they'll help him get to sleep. <laughs> Peter's like... <laughs> I wish you wouldn't scare him like that when he's going to bed. I don't scare him. You don't know. What the hell's that supposed to mean? You don't tell a five-year-old bad monsters are going to come if he doesn't go to sleep. I was joking, Matt. He loves monsters. I have never seen like a series of less maternal events in my life. Like the topper on all of this is the last thing is she fucking flicks open a cigarette and lights it. Like she's saying like, fuck him. Like he's fine. Okay. I know how to raise my kid. Like classic. That is a classic mom. Like lighting a cigarette in the living room being like, I know how to raise my kid. Like sure lady. It's a shame about what happens later on in this movie because she would have raised just like this amazing gay child. You know? I did like, think about like, you know, maybe there's like a take on that here. Like, first of all, like, you know, maybe there is this something to like, you know, maybe, I don't know, set your kid up to not be afraid of monsters by yeah. scaring the shit out of him every night. You know, I just, I don't understand. First of all, that off brand itsy bitsy spider song was so amazing. Like, do they, re- did she realize it I was like, like actually feel bad she doesn't like, even know what it is it actually is she does no idea what itsy bitsy spider is i'm shocked she even remotely got the tune but then like the earnestness of her trying <laughs> it because she just thought like oh i don't know it's some stupid like you know spider goes to bed spider wakes up sort of like <laughs> mr spider he's yeah. actually a formal spider, <laughs> mr. He's part of spider. Society. like it's so I actually like felt shame for her in that yeah. moment because I was like, she doesn't even know. Like she, yeah. It's like, can you sing me that twinkle star song? And she'd be like, the star that twinkles at night is a twinkling yeah. star, but the moon isn't twinkling. You're like, what the fuck mom? And like the actual normal reaction to have to that Peter, you dumb child is, you know what mom? Like obviously no one took their time with you as a kid and yeah. you can't give me itsy yeah. bitsy spider because that's what I'm taking from this is like any grown ass woman who doesn't know itsy bitsy spider was not saying itsy bitsy spider. Yeah. You know, I actually make, think it makes her very fascinating. Yeah. Like, what sort of like, was she, was she wasn't she may not even be been raised here in america yeah like she may have been like you know on the streets of nice you know like with her mom they're having like croissants the mom's like i'm not going to sing you know like nursery songs yeah. to my child she is learning it right away yeah Where doesn't edith piaf yeah no this is exactly like the type of parent that like if she had this is 
all my friends growing up who had parents that were like a little you'd just be like oh they're foreign like they're yeah. not like literally she yeah. didn't grow up here and also what an unimaginative little child that he names his stuffed frog froggy, froggy. I, I mean know. You do better no i know be better. i know um and then nothing about peter's remarkable and i do want to point out to the names <laughs> no. that we're working with and yes carol matt, matt and peter and yes. then like later, later we're gonna meet a zach and a jimmy and a jimmy uh, right wait yeah. who's jimmy uh, one of the assassins. Oh, oh, and then Marcus is the Marcus. Uncle Marcus. So you start to get a little bit Uncle more variety. Marcus, yeah. <laughs> hey, Uncle Marcus. I just call uh, Jimmy Ponytail in my oh, notes. Okay, I that's like fine. never got that far. Yeah. So bad monster, fucking killing it. He loves monsters like that. Is she's actually sort of like a gay icon already? Yeah. Like, like oh, don't mind him. He loves a good monster. Right. <laughs> she's so like yeah. So anyway, um, he says that Anne is betting at, uh, better at putting uh. He put, put she the puts kids time to bed. into it. Yeah. She does it slowly. And mom's not having it. She says the son only has a relationship with Anne because she works so much, which is her choice for the life she wants to have. But it doesn't mean Anne should take her son away from her. Yeah. Which is a hot take. And I wrote, they've <laughs> created a narcissist out of her that's on another level. And like, technically, I feel, as I said to you before, like she's a victim here. Yeah. Like something was done very wrong by her at some point in her life. Yeah. And I also want to say, maybe it's too early in the episode to say this, but like... Like Matt and Anne are having a full-on affair. Oh, they like are not full the heroes. Blown, they, like, yeah. like Carol, Carol is the victim here. I'm sorry. Yeah, like she is. I agree. And I, and I you know, what, I have this view that like, you know what, like it's the guy's fault. You know yeah. what, like the other woman. You know what, like if he if they're in a relationship, that's on the guy, not the girl. Yeah, you know? and it's always the girl who gets blamed for it. But in this case, I actually do feel like you know what, this is you know this is your boss and his wife, like. And you shoulder blame in this too, in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know no, what? totally. I mean, everyone here needs to like take inventory. Yeah. But back at her place, Anna's blowing through some pregnancy tests. She's on her third one. And she thinks they're toothbrushes. It's all very awkward. <laughs> um, yeah, like not a lot of conversation ever really about how much urine is on a, a pregnancy <laughs> test. Like They just get passed around. And I'm like, just because yeah. you put the top on the stick doesn't mean no one's touching pee here. Yeah. So she picks up her phone and she calls the jewelry store. So we know it's the next day now. Anne calls them in the workshop. Um, and Questionable judgment. Right, I know. And she's or passive like, aggressive. Hey, I don't mean to call you here. So he gets like caught. So the wife gets the scoop that her husband's being called by Anne. Yeah. And she goes into her office and picks up the phone and like tunes into the line, which is like classic. Oh, um, it was so good. I was like, yes, yes, Carol. Listen, I'm like at this point fully rooting for Carol. I'm like, yes, Carol, listen. Yes. Plot some revenge. Take these fuckers out. You yeah. Know? So Anne goes, remember, you want to have a lot of kids, right? And he's like, yeah. She goes, well, the first one's on the way. And, like, technically, it's the second. It's, yeah. She's talking about their children together. But yeah. either way, this is, like, harsh to hear for Carol. Yeah. I can't imagine. And Carol kind of, like, doesn't do a lot of, like, emoting. She can't anymore. No. she's Everything's buried inside. And Matt, meanwhile, also not a good emoter because she's like, Matt, like, Anne's saying, like, Matt, like, I'm going to have a child. Like, we're having a child together. And he goes, I think that'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying to seem professional now. Like, as, like, three seconds ago, he wasn't acting like he was taking a call from one of his buddies down at the bar. Yeah. So, um, they agree to meet the next day. Um, and then we see, um, 
Anne walks um, is walking with Peter outside of the building with a neighbor who's explaining that her husband is in Europe. So this is a new neighbor that mm. lives that in the building. Said? I couldn't understand. Yeah, her for she's life saying that her husband lives in Europe, but that's okay because she kind of likes the downtime by herself anyway. Yeah, she is saying that she doesn't really like that the building is so isolated though, but she's glad Anne is there a lot during the day. Yeah, and Anne tells her that the other units have been rented supposedly. Um, and then we see that like while all this conversation is happening, Peter, this little the- fucking annoying shit no No boundaries no he's decided to climb a box of like phone books or something (laughs) and is like fucking around with the post-it notes that have been put up on the mailbox sort of like temporary label to be like okay and i'm sorry like matt and carol live in this apartment and lisa and her husband live in this apartment and and this was actually something that was set up like a few scenes ago and what seemed like a throwaway was that Peter tried to take like magnets off the fridge yeah. and then Anna's like Peter why are you always trying to take things off of things that are already on things whatever <laughs> yeah. you know and he's like I'm sorry yeah which so, like is so not like out of all the pipe to lay down like Peter liking to take things off of things yeah. that don't belong like that's <laughs> like, yeah. so stupid he likes removing stickers and like it's only so- in a world where, like only in the 90s would this ever fucking be relevant yeah. like because in no other time like if this happened like two years later that would this wouldn't be the plot of this story but like yeah. you know so peter um seems disappointed in the neighborhood like because he's so young but Anne's like you guys can be like batman and robin yeah um the neighbor says she'll watch peter while Anne works on her paper which i bumped on because i was kind of like Anne, they aren't paying you to sit downstairs and write your paper yeah exactly study on your own time but i guess that was normal right so then the neighbor gives her a key to the apartment upstairs because her bell isn't working and then it's yeah. like yeah a lot of things in this building aren't working yeah it's by the way including uh, Carol and Matt's marriage, right? Yeah, and sort of Am strange. I right, ladies? Yeah, I mean, every, everything's dysfunctional. Right. You know what's also dysfunctional? Um, the practices of the real estate agent that moved these two people into these units. Like, the yeah. rest of the building's not done, but these two units are. They're going to move in. Like, I think, well, I think that the the landlord is, is Carol and Matt. I thought oh, maybe they makes the so building. much more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to put that together because I was like, "Oh, these are like the bosses of the building. That's why like he's calling the shots with but the construction she, guy." But you know, though, she Carol has such high standards in life, and she has yeah, she has generally great European taste. She doesn't know what Jordans <laughs> are, though, of course, but she's European, right? right? In our so minds, <laughs> she would not move into a condo into a building before it was ready for her. She wants all her amenities. So it's this is this is, to me sounds like. Matt was like, "Listen, it's gonna be great. We're gonna move into the in, into it. Yeah. People see what it's like, and like this is it. We're gonna save some money." And she did. She's like, "I don't want to give up our like three bedroom house that we have yeah. in in Cherish Hill, which yeah. is the, where I'm imagining is the rich neighborhood in yeah. this fictional city, Cherish, Cherish Hill. Hill." And she's like, "So he, so she's already resenting him for even being in this condo." That's I not love that just made up Cherishel. Yeah, it's totally Cherishel. Yeah, they had to move out of Cherishel into yeah, this industrial in- condo thing. And like I, I feel you, like and I will say that this brilliant scenario laid out by the way mm. i will say that this is the nail in the coffin the living and construction thing oh, like because that would destroy a, a very very happy like thriving marriage with a great sex life yeah. and everything else can i say yeah the thing that happens next also delighted of me of course <laughs> so you know Anne is downstairs studying and lisa her name was lisa right yeah so lisa brings the kids into like the playroom yeah. and they sit down to play and lisa kneels down next to me and goes Hey, I'll fix you guys a snack in a little while, okay? 
And they don't they don't even say anything. They don't even react. No. I was like, this woman's transparency yeah. is so obvious. And this is what she's always struggled with. And you can just see in her mind, she's like, they don't, they don't even hear me. Like, right. who hears me? I mean, my husband, right. Rick. Who's she's not married gone to him, Rick. in Europe Rick's all the time. No, his name's like, his name's like, uh, like, um, oh, Leslie. Leslie, he's like, totally, totally a Leslie. Lisa and Leslie, yeah, totally like Leslie's often in Europe. She's like, she, he didn't even ask me if yeah. I was okay with it. Yeah. Didn't even ask. I yeah. mean, like he didn't, you know, like this is her world is quietly crumbling on the side of this movie. Yeah. And like a personality like Peters does not play well because he's so fucking obtuse that like he has no new, like he can't pick up that it means something to her to acknowledge the snack. <laughs> exactly. You know what I they mean? Don't even, it's, just, it's just like you are our servant right now. He's and you're, just slamming like, the Legos into yeah. this thing. Like and she's just like, okay. She hears Peter and her kid playing and Peter's like tormenting on the baby monitor. Yeah. She hears Peter being like. Like, oh, I'm going to f- like fucking kill you. I'm a monster. Like, I'm going to rip your eye. He says, I'm going to rip your eyes out or something like that. It goes back yeah. to always the eyes with Peter. Um, Violent and- tendencies. I would not let my child play with this kid. Yeah. And she comes in the room and she's like, hey, Peter, like, we don't play like that. And like, that's sort of just like a button on the scene, which is like, yeah. I like would not shut the door ever again. If yeah. like my kid was in the place without like, I don't think the door, I'm surprised the door was ever shut. Right. It's not like she she wasn't working on anything. Like I have Anne. no idea why. Like they don't need privacy. These aren't like two young men no, that like need to talk. They don't need privacy. If anything, they need to they they should be they extra need to be exposed ex- to the yeah. world. Yes. If anything, because these are this is like well, Zach is fine, but if like he's had too much exposure already to Peter because Peter's a terrible influence. Yeah, Peter's weird. Like Peter he's is actually he's, a weird kid. You yeah. have to keep that. Way. Honestly, he's the sort of kid you have to keep the door open in case he like does something real. Like that's what I was gonna say. Like, and in fact, you know, like I would say, like if like you know your sister comes and babysits, I'd say watch out for that kid Peter next door. Mm-hmm. He's allowed in, but he's not allowed behind closed doors. Yeah, you know you 100%. can give Peter a snack, but he's Peter can't stay the night. He's the kid that, like, you have a play date with and he breaks your toys. Oh, totally. I mean, look, he's, like, threatening to kill the kid he just met <laughs> after he negged him for being younger than him. <laughs> for, like, not being, like, a good enough Robin. <laughs> um, so we're at Riverside Cafe in the city. Um, the mom is location. holding. It's beautiful. There's, people are, like, sculling outside on the river. You're right. It is Toronto. <laughs> like, I absolutely was trying to place this. So the mom's holding, like... Okay, so Carol's mom is holding a $300 jacket that Carol had bought for this mm-hmm. for Peter. Yes. And her mom's like, you know, this is like, you know, I feel like he would appreciate something like this. And her mom's like, well, maybe I feel like he would appreciate like some quality time, like a trip to the zoo or something. Mm-hmm. Or the She's therapist. Like, I guess you're right. <laughs> she's like, I guess you're right. Um, how's things going between you and Matt? And she's like, everything's fine. And she goes, I know my daughter, you haven't argued with me all morning. It's pleasant, but very unlike you. But if everything's fine, all right. At my party, I'm giving you the keys to the beach house. You and Matt can enjoy the weekend. Um, and well, like a lot of passive aggression fills in a lot of Carol's backstory. Also, there was no reaction shot. So like the mom blew through that monologue the way I just did. We're like, she literally batted between thoughts like crazy. And then Carol's like reaction to this is to like almost like look at it like Samantha Jones with her eyes on her mm, target. Like she yeah. looks at her mom, like kind of like she gives her like fuck me eyes sort of like yeah. it's so random. Well, it's like Stockholm syndrome. At this point, she's been beaten down so much by her mom about like, right. how she's run the company, how she's ruined her father's legacy, how she doesn't know how to do 
this or that. I don't know how to keep a man. All like all this. Stuff. I was gonna say there's obviously. I feel like we lost a couple lines in editing. Must have gotten yeah. lost about how. Don't worry, I know how to take care of my husband. Because yeah. like the, the look on her face read like I know how to fuck mom. Yeah, let's like, get one thing straight. Exactly. Like and the mom's <laughs> like like let's not forget that that we had to give up our life in Nice to come back here for you. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget that like now we live here. You didn't get into any of the nice schools. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah they had to move. That yeah, terrible, terrible history between them. Um, so Anna's working on her paper when Matt and Carol got home, and she asked Anna if she can stay late the next morning. Um, so she can stay late the next. No, it's it's it's. Oh, the next evening. Yes, because she has to get ready for her mom's party. Yes. Um, and then That's... the woman Lisa upstairs, she starts to get some interfe- interference on her baby monitor from downstairs. Um. Mm-hmm. And she fixes it quickly, and when she does, she hears that, oh, Peter's tormenting the son. This is, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Peter's tormenting the son here, and she says she's going to rip his eyeballs out. Um, and then when she goes into the room, he's wearing a monster mask. It was like literally like Jason. He was wearing it like was, the skin of another human on his it, face. It, yeah, and and that, it's it's also messed up because the, the monster mask, isn't the monster mask from downstairs? It's a different monster mask than apparently this kid has a lot of monster masks in his arsenal. And like this one was like almost like it literally looked like someone had sawed off someone's human skin. Yeah. It was sewed together three different human parts on one face. Yeah. And I'm like, did did Carol buy that? I don't think Carol would buy that. I I feel like this little psycho just has it hanging in his pocket. His mom probably buys it for him. She did say, well, kids love monsters. So she, but like, even Carol, I don't think would buy that mask. No. She would buy like a, she, you know, she would buy, she would totally buy like, like a, like a Phantom of the Opera thing. She's like, oh, because oh. totally. she's the type that'd be like, oh, kids love monsters, and she's like, basically, like right. her version of a monster it's is theater, like the Phantom like, of the Opera, right. <laughs> like a fancy monster, <laughs> but not right. like a that sort of monster, right? Whereas I think of like Al. Yeah. Um, so Matt tells Carol that he needs to be more considerate and not just order Anne around and make mm. her change her plans at the last minute, which I'm like, calm down, Matt. Like yeah. we've got something to hide here. And then Matt says, you know, he doesn't want to spend the evening with his, with her mom's friends. Like and, he just, and Carol is looking at Matt right now, by the way, you know, Matt has just, Matt has just said, you have to be more considerate of Anne's time. And Carol's like, you know, Carol knows that they're sleeping she knows, yeah. and she's just looking at Matt like you fucking dumb fuck you motherfucker yeah. fuck. you're gonna say this stuff to me yeah you're sitting with this guy and you're gonna tell me to be more considerate of time of the woman who's sleeping with my man yeah i mean honestly it is a testament to carol's character that she didn't sit on this for a little bit i mean she falls apart later but like i thought she would just spew here like yeah. this is where my mom would have lost it you know I thought, I, but i love that she just decides to do the, the like she just starts to lean into passive aggression yeah. like like Quiet torture, like forcing him to go to Carol's. Like we have to go to the party. It'll be there's going to be important people there. You can talk to customers. He's like, "Mm, great. And then she go, maybe there'll even be a surprise. Yeah. So you're thinking like, oh, the weekend. Like they're talking about this is the beach house weekend. Yeah. Um. So then, um, on the beach the next day. I also want to point out that Carol. Um. Another like sign of like her psychosis is that I believe she's like holding a like a wine glass or some sort of glass and she holds it from the bottom. She holds it like she's about to go like serve a tennis ball and she like drinks it like this. Like she sort of like raises it up and and, and I was like, that's not normal. No, it's not normal. It's like the way that they like teach you to drink like a fine red of a certain type. And it's like, no one actually does that. This is this. She's holding it. She's holding her glass. Like it was a grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we go to the beach the next day and Anne's like, listen, like I can get an abortion and Matt's like, no, don't even yeah. say that. 
It's sort of, by the way, sort of wild because it's like I feel like these days on TV, but literally to throw out abortion, a hard abortion like in the nineties. Like, yeah, yeah. the scene just always like maybe I'll get an abortion. Like these days, they like. They'd it's a delicate take care of it yeah yeah and like it would seem like back then they'd do more of that but no matt's like no don't even say that i'm gonna divorce her and Anne's like but i don't want to be the one and then he says this isn't about you Anne. i should have done that a long time ago my marriage has been over for three years and that's long before i even met you i can't stand being with her she can't stand being with me either she just won't admit it um which like this isn't about you Anne. is like Yes, actually, this is 100% about Anne. Yeah. Like, we can address, like, why you have, like, a total limp dick and can't deal with your wife later. Why you're having unprotected sex with Anne. But, like, let's right now discuss about what you're going to do. Because you and Anne aren't going to have a child as an antidote to your marriage. No. Like, this, and that's kind of how he's treating it. Yeah. He, um, uh, he, I don't think he understands the gravity of the situation Not either. at all. No. no. He's just saying things. Just saying things to keep Anne happy. So, um, Anne says she's not sure, um, you know, Anne is fucking ridiculous too, by the way, because how about we then go, we go, she's back at the condo and she's slicing pasta. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, what was the deal? Oh, she was like, she was feeding Peter. Long slices of pasta. Listen, the one thing is that when you're a kid, you love the long slices of pasta because you twirl them up. And you go, you suck them in, you know, like the lady in the tram thing. You, go, you know, like when you're a kid, you get mom and it like flops around as it comes into your mouth, and it's like fun. The, the only way a coddled child who obviously is like doesn't even know how to eat pasta, so they have to like cut it so he doesn't choke or something. Like this was a kid that that ate probably with children's forks like way too long. Way too long. I was like dealing with a full-blown regular ass fork at age two. He's like 13 and he's still using a plate that has like the actual like sections on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, so um, he would be a pain in the ass at camp. Um, so Peter, she makes spaghetti, uh, Peter the spaghetti and Carol tells Anne, you know, oh, I don't know what I'd do without you. Let's play this clip from 2515 to 2627. Froggy, can you believe that some little boys want dessert without eating their dinner? What about frogs? Do they have to eat their spaghetti? Frogs eat flies. For dinner or dessert? Both. Maybe ants for dessert. Mm. What, what? What's that, Froggy? Oh. Froggy says that little boys need to eat their spaghetti before they get ice cream. Unless they want flies. Spider song with us. He doesn't want to go to sleep. So they're sitting down. Uh, Matt and Anne are sitting down on Peter's bed like they're his parents. Yeah. Carol comes in and sees this scene. Carol has a look on her face like, what is this ridiculous song you're singing? I know. <laughs> I left the number of the hotel on the table. Good night, Peter. Hmm? Yeah? She definitely thinks that's like a them thing. Yeah. Like that's something they made up together. Yeah, she thinks they, were they invented Itsy Bitsy Spider and she's like, <laughs> why didn't like why didn't why didn't Matt make oh, it up? Oh, I with bet me? you guys have all your cute little things, like your spider song. And your twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but like these two are not hiding this at this point. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, poor Carol. She's like they in her mind she was like 
They are so cocky. They just sit next to Anne is like, too together. old. Anne is too, she needs to be reeled the fuck in and talk. That's how you know Anne's from a rich family. Yeah. Because Anne doesn't know her place in any way. And it does like almost like her attitude implies that, that the world may not have a place for Anne. Like Anne, it is Anne's world and everyone's just living in it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Anne, sweetie, you are working as a fucking like, service person in their home. Yeah. And you think you're just going to walk through medical school? Yeah. Like, she just thinks like, oh, I signed up. I'm just going to go to medical school. She Saddle just up next to daddy works. during Itsy Bitsy Spider and just call it a fucking day while humiliating Carol in her home. Play, and like Carol's the crazy one. Yeah. Because she's like, I can't believe this is happening in my home with my child. Do you see what they do to, this is what, pe- this is what the world does to women. Okay. It's yeah. not fair. No. Um, so Anne puts him to bed and she turns on the baby monitor. And by the time she gets out to the living room, Matt is coming back to like get his wallet slash steal a kiss. Um, and then he mm-hmm. assures her, you know, we're going to get through this, which again, mm-hmm. like also bold. I was like, if Carol was smart, she'd be hightailing it up there. Yeah. Um, so when Matt and Carol pull away from the house, there's a couple robbers, clearly very, um, home alone with the yeah. two of them <laughs> sitting across from that i mean it might as well have been joe pesci and what's his face like just sitting in that car yes exactly and um they were um kind of waiting to make a move on the place so they were gone so uncle marcus um is clearly like he's the one one running the operation um because he says something like you listen to your uncle marcus yeah because he goes well because they're like their car leaves and then the ponytail is like like ready to take off a seatbelt. Be like, let's go like murder people. <laughs> and then the other guy is like, no, you don't do anything until I say so. And the other guy's like, ponytail's like, okay, Uncle Marcus. It's literally the wet bandits from Home Alone. Yeah. Like that's exactly who this is. And so you're like wondering, like, what is their story? Like what's like what sort of power dynamic do they have? Because then a second later, Uncle Marcus goes, Okay, let's go. So he was just fully fucking with Jimmy. Right, right. <laughs> and like also like Uncle Marcus had definitely when he said you listen to your Uncle Marcus, like when he referred to himself in the third person, I was like, Oh, that's definitely not his like legal or biological right. uncle. There's like some like weird like death. Like family Daddy play, issue, yeah. Like vaguely sexual. I don't want to pull out the. We gay just card. did flowers in the attic last week, but like I'm getting some incest or possibly gay. Yeah, pick a both. lane. Like I mean, I'm like if it's I would incest, love a gay, incest, I would love a gay incest gay. robbers. Yeah. Gay incest robbers is would be a fun. That's a fun lifetime movie. That's, Sammy, I'm delete not, that. We need I'm to actually, pitch that. No, just kidding. You don't have to delete that. Now, I, I do want to say because I know you guys are working on the new hot Bella Thorne texting teen property, but I want to bring to you gay incest robbers. Gay incest what do you robbers. think? Well, they, um, need, they need money to go on the runs so that way they can find a place where their love can be accepted. Um, so, it's um, it's anyway. actually very romantic. <laughs> It actually is kind of romantic like, and it's also sad because like you can rob all day, but like that's not going to get you anywhere, man. Yeah. Your love is not accepted on this plane. Yeah, exactly. You can't rob love. Heaven, maybe. So um, they die. So um, I think we just broke that story. So then this it. is where it's obvious that the mailbox thing is finally going to come into play. Yes. Like this subtle mailbox drama. Exactly. And, and Carol is like talking uh, with Matt in the car saying how she wants to make things better now. And I'm like thinking to myself, what is Carol's devotion to this relationship? Why does she want to double, double down now? He's a bastard and she wants to double down on the marriage. And I feel like to me, all signs point to the mom because the mom has probably done a lot of, said a lot of things like, you can't keep a man. You don't know. How, I kept a man until he died. You don't know how to keep a man. And so I think like normally she'd be like, fuck this guy. But she's like, no, I don't want, 
my mom to win this one. Well, it's the special humiliation of cheating as well, because I mean, it's not easy for a woman, especially like a married, like a, a woman who was left in a cheating scandal with a child like that. You, that's like, you feel, even though that's not yeah. the reality, you're like, how could I possibly start over? And there's also, well, I mean, not even, not even want to win. Like you just don't want to, you're biologically a woman's left to be like, I, I'm not going to be able yeah. to do this. Like I'll have no one. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I pulled that psychological, uh, uh, theory from Vanderpump Rules oh. where when when um when she Jack cheated on Brittany oh. and then she kept going back she's like because in a certain sort of way I sort of want to win I sort of want to show Jack this is what you cheated on who you cheated on you and know? by the way like poor poor Brittany because like she can just use the I don't I want to win thing all day but what Brittany is absolutely suffers from the same concept of damaged goods that carol does i mean carol and Brittany are more similar than different yeah exactly except i have more sympathy for carol totally um so you know carol's (laughs) (laughs) carol's hopeful that he'll give her a chance basically and then we go back to the apartment and the break-in has started already these guys are definitely using the mailboxes as a guide which is you know what the problem is in this entire movie exactly because it's like oh so carol you told the hitmen where to go but you didn't give the apartment number you said oh just go in the building and then you'll see the the mailboxings you'll figure out where my apartment is. this is like a post-it based horror movie uh, no. i mean ultimately <laughs> this comes back to like what happens when post-its go wrong yeah why you should always be diligent about where post-its just always are. hang them above the reach of a five-year-old uh, yes. um so Anne's working in the living room and the guys are like um, fucking around with the phone lines in the building yeah. and she hears the baby monitor get sort of like fuzzy it's sort of like a reception thing and she gets up to check on it and mm-hmm. it's fine Peter's asleep in his room Yeah. so the younger of the two dudes he has this like very like I wrote in my notes that it's something that's like now if you were American you would only be trying to pull that off if you were like a hipster or a goth Yeah. but like that was very much of its time where like any sort of like straight guy with like a little bit of an ego about his hair just could fully have like yeah. a beautiful like all the way down your back ponytail <laughs> and it was like not a normal ponytail as it wasn't one of the pony like a lot of times when we see guys with ponytails right. their hair is pulled back from the front and it's going back he has like a perfectly like like a, a perfectly late 90s quaff like it's a yeah. normal head of hair styled like there's like maybe even a part or something and then the ponytail just he like has starts a side from part. the back. Yeah, it just like starts starts in the back. Yeah, it's and it's so it's so um it made me it made me miss ponytails of yesteryear for yeah, sure. A different style. Yeah. Um, so the baby monitor is still getting interference, and Anne is hearing the neighbors upstairs yelling. And instead of just like calling the police or something, she goes out into the hallway where she can like start to see the attack happen. Yeah, because she's she's hearing thumps, which is crazy because we just heard thumps on your on your on your roof just I know. now, which was like a little creepy given that. It's definitely like a squirrel or a raccoon. Yeah. But like I oh I was asking last week about it. I was like, do when there's a little thump up there, like what do you think it is? It's stuff def- it's always a branch or something. Yeah. But you that's need to said, put a baby monitor up there. Do you- <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's but that's it. I also have been um raised to kind of know like when some I'm not one of those like I'm gonna walk into the fire type no. people. And like this is the standard horror movie thing where it's like you dummy, why would you hear noises of danger and walk into them with your vulnerable, unguarded body? Exactly. You hear you hear thumping upstairs. And yeah. you know that the only person upstairs is Lisa. Yeah. You hear like thumping and the baby monitor, you hear her screaming, okay? You know what you do? You lock the door. Yeah. Actually, you try to 
Maybe you first try to leave, okay? She had no idea. Oh, she I would w- never try to leave. You would just lock the door. Well, you would try to call. For, the first thing you do, Pick up lock the, the door, call the police. Yeah. Okay. She does eventually do that, but it's like, it was so low on her priorities. No, it's like, it occurred to her almost second to last. And it was like, really, like, she could have done an Instacart order and then called the police. Like, <laughs> yeah. she was completely on a different plane. So, um... Instead of calling the police, she just, like, sees this whole thing sort of play out. And it's really, like, a pretty horrific scene. The shadows. Yeah. And then um, the robber goes into the bedroom, and he sees um, Uncle... Uncle... What's his name? Maurice? Um, I'm going to do this the whole movie. Marcus. Um, Uncle Marcus sees the little boy sleeping in the bed upstairs, Zach. And he shuts the bedroom door. And... Um, I just wrote here in my notes, are they there for the jewels or what? I like for some reason thought maybe this was, I, I didn't understand the plot. Oh, at this point, I for sure knew that they were hitmen because okay. Carol, every time Carol was like, Anne, do you mind staying a little bit late tonight? Like she had the evil grin, like she yeah. was fuck up Anne, right? Yeah. And so I already knew these were, these were Carol's people. Yeah. You know, I it knew took, they were. It took me a minute to confirm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's <laughs> sort of like Anne going up the stairs yeah, to make sure there I actually honestly was a crime was, happening. I was being, it was very Anne of me. <laughs> so Matt and Carol arrived to the party, which is like a huge affair. Like yes. anything you thought it was, sis, no, it, they have a fucking it orchestra. Like a, in a lobby of a giant, like. Yeah. Giant, like a giant building in Cherish Hill. Yeah, you know, like, we've really never seen a party like it on any Lifetime movie so far. The no, closest the budget was, was all there. And Haley Duff, um, the movie where um, "Till Death Do Us Part," um, the husband goes to like a ho- head of the hospital charity gala, uh-huh. and like it, this is a, that was a much more like modern day version of this. This was very fucking lux. This was lux. This was like clearly filmed in like well. Th- it was clearly like a, a very prominent museum, a hotel ballroom, or, or something. A, a, it was either a hotel old, or like, a, like very classic. Uh, yeah, very very impressive. I mean, this mom doesn't mess around. I mean, she is. I mean, she comes for money, but she also has. Like, she spent her entire life like making contacts. And it's obviously like a room of hobnobbers, like yeah. for real. Like these, this is the top of society. So Anne goes into Peter's room, and he's still sleeping. But I just want to say also that. Um, that the mom who I don't know if we even get a name for the mom. She yeah. pulls Matt aside and says, I know my daughter can be difficult, which is just, again, like just undercutting Carol. Yeah. What she's had to deal with her whole life. Yeah. I mean, trust me. Um, she's like, Oh, she says, but I only have one grandchild and I want him to grow up with two parents. Yeah. So then Anne goes there into Peter's is. room. Yep. And he's still sleeping upstairs. The robbers are still there, but now the uncle is playing cards and the younger one comes in and he's like, got, he goes straight for the liquor cabinet. And I yeah. was like, Oh, he's drinking on the job. Nice. But no, he's like taking off gloves because he just fucking killed that woman. And he's going to just fingerprint it all up. And he's like, she fought like a bitch. She scratched, she bit. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so he's sick. And then yeah. he asked what snacks and his uncle's like, don't move. You know, he's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'll, we're going to do as we're told. Yeah. So, okay. By the get, way, you know, what's really smart when you murder someone just to hang out, just to chill. chill, get the murder hang done out. early and then just chill, <laughs> chill, sit on the couch, you know, enjoy it. Let the screaming toddler just, Set off nothing. So then Anne takes it upon herself to go out looking for a way to use the phone. And she uses a folder. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I don't understand this. This manila folder. So here's what she does. There's a payphone across the street. LOL. So she's like, I'm going to make a run for it. I'm going to go to. So Peter is just lying there. He's asleep. 
she yep. just cracks the front door open. Yeah. Because, you know, there are killers upstairs, but, like, God forbid. Yeah. And she's like, like, what are, what is she thinking? She props open the door jam with just a manila folder. Like, I would, like, when I run downstairs to, like, you know. But here's the thing, is that she, obviously, the issue, she doesn't have a key. How is that possible? I don't know. She's the nanny. I mean, I don't know. She has Lisa's key for crying out loud. Right. I was like, maybe, oh, maybe she gave Lisa her key. Doesn't make any sense. Why was she? It doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But she uses this folder, which was just such a flimsy sort of thing anyway. But then she goes yeah. downstairs and she sees that all the entrances are locked. Like they yes. are locked into this building. Yes. Um, she grabs a piece of wood so she could break herself out. And she realizes that her hand is covered in blood. Um, yes. Yeah. And then she finds a neighbor's dead body in the basement room. And the only logical conclusion was like, this was, this, it's a hit that was meant for Anne. At this point, yeah. you didn't figure Clear, it out already. Like, mistaken Lost. identity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the big business of, uh, of like assassinations here. And, um, what I like is when she finds Lisa's dead body in this like utility closet. Yeah. And by the way, at this point, I'm surprised. Like, are there no like windows you can break to just like, like run out and like call the exactly. cops? Like, you've got a plank. And like also these idiots that like didn't even know who they were going to kill, like were able to secure every entrance and exit. Like, yeah, exactly. And then also, like, there's, like, blood all over this plank, but somehow there's no blood anywhere else in this building where they clearly dragged this body downstairs totally. and everything. And then, and then, so Anne sees Lisa there. Okay, Lisa's just, like, dead. And you know what? God bless Lisa, because at this point, she's, like, for the first time in probably, like, 10 years, as she's being killed, she's, like, someone sees me. Yeah. I'm no, like, right and now. And she sees them back, because her like, eyes are fucking open. Yeah, she's, like, I'm about to die. But at least right now I matter. Someone cares enough to kill me. Literally. Like, do you think that she, she had, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that would probably be secretly like proud to be killed. Yeah. She's like, she's like, okay. Like, and this is what, this is what Leslie gets. You yeah. Know? Cause Leslie didn't see me, but this person did. So she's lying there. And so you know what Anne does? Anne sees the body. Runs off, leaves the flashlight there. Oh, poor Lisa can't, her heart can't take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> The other person who fucking saw Lisa was the makeup artist because, honey, that body looked like it had been dead for three weeks. Yeah. Like the way that that body looked when they found it was this woman is a fresh dead person. Fresh. Like five, ten minutes. We're talking yeah. maybe a half hour. Yeah. And this is like that body looked dead. Yeah. No, that makeup person was like, no, we are going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to tell a story. She this was makeup. trying to get in overtime Frozen that lake. day. Yeah. So um, Anne arrives back to the apartment and the folder that she was once blood on her cheek. For oh. Reason. Anne is covered <laughs> like, with blood. Did she like go down and cuddle with Lisa's body or the plank? You or would whatever? think so. Like you think that she like kissed her on the forehead and shut her eyes or something because yes. like her, her her whole face is covered in blood, which is like just, she walks. She really bathes in it too. She like, walks around with the blood like, on so unnecessarily. Like she she was literally not having to touch any blood. And I don't know if that's like a statement about Anne's vanity or something yeah. because like of course I'm glad she didn't look in a mirror. I guess, but like. This is, it would be impossible to not know you're covered in that much well, blood. Well, now she's, she's taking, well, now she's going down a path of very irrational choices. She's, in, so. she's dealing with folder drama now. Yeah, so, so as you said, she walked in the folder. The folder that was once propped up is now flat, um, which is a terrifying sight in this movie. So she walks through looking for like an intruder and she grabs leaving a knife the door, in the kitchen. Leaving the front door open, by the way. 
She's not great at this. <laughs> no, she doesn't understand. I'm like, yes, like I understand the irony of me laughing at this is like, haha, Molly, like you'd fucking do any better, like in a situation like this. I would yeah. like to think I would. You're probably so pan. I know you're probably so panicked. You're probably thinking I'm gonna leave the door open so I can make a quick exit. Yes, right. Maybe yes. that's what she's thinking. But she's also like, she's now like. She's doing that classic thing where I'm going to walk backwards through my entire apartment and keep all my blind spots available right. to me, you know? This is when you and I have to not think with our minds and instead, like, think uh, with the mind of, like, like a... An like idiot. an all-star real housewife yeah. like a like a ramona or a vicky or someone that's just like trying to like go through this very with, with no like actual like awareness of themselves yeah. or the world around this is, them this is like not even like like i i feel like a like a vicky and a ramona would actually have an idea of what to do this is like a like a jacqueline larita move has, yeah has never seen a full episode of any like sort of Doesn't movie under- fallen has, as fell asleep no survival instincts jacqueline and, larita is a perfect example even though she larita. has a lot of Vegas and her and I think yes. she fucking leveled that ex-husband of hers at one point like yeah. so there's definitely a little bimbo in there and doesn't ha- Anne has no survival instincts she picks up that knife she's, she's holding it with her, with her index finger and her thumb yeah like she doesn't have like a full grasp but she's just like holding it like this it takes like a good like a few beats before she adjusts a classic horror movie, grab it by the, by the base. So you yeah. can do a stab thing. And I'm always thinking too, like just from everything, don't ever like carry a weapon unless you know how to fucking use it. Yeah. Cause like the first thing, a guy who sees her little like limp hand holding that <laughs> with knife a, with two fingers, that thing is going directly into her face. So, yeah, um, upstairs, the guys are just like kind of blowing time. Um, yeah. well, and Anna's startling herself in the mirror. Yeah, she's just like walking around, scaring herself in the shadows. She's like, ah, oh, it's a reflection. <laughs> I forgot how that works. <laughs> and um, I will say that like her knowledge of the kind of layout of the bedroom is very helpful to her ultimately. Yeah. But like, which is you know because she's Anne. Yeah. But um, the guys are kind of upstairs just blowing time. Jimmy's playing, <laughs> playing chopsticks, chopsticks on the piano, and <laughs> Marcus, Marcus is like, "Hey, <laughs> you're gonna hurt yourself." Yeah. Uncle Which Marcus is, is sick of this guy. He's like, we got to break up. Not soon. a huge vote of confidence. So Marcus pulls the cell phone out of his pocket. And then we see the hotel clerk at the party looking for Matt. And he says, there's a phone call for you upstairs. So put two and two together. Let's play 3813 to 4008. Hello? Is this Matthew Whitson, the jeweler? Yes. We've got your child. You've got my child. Peter, right? I don't understand. Peter's at home. So are we. You're home. Now I assume you want your boy back in one piece. With all his fingers and toes. Mr. Whitson? Yes. Here's what you're going to do. Yes. Go to your store. Clean out the safe. And bring the merchandise here. Drive into the garage, get out of your car, leave the jewels in the car, leave the key in the ignition. If you call the police, if you screw with us in any way, the first thing we'll do is kill your boy. Understand? I like yes. Uncle Marcus's vaguely right? New York, vaguely him. British accent. He's asleep. <laughs> and the young woman, she's... You have 60 minutes, Mr. Whitson. We'll wait that long. And that long only.
You know, what's this about jewels, man? Yeah, man. You never said anything about jewels. Mm-mm. And at that time, it was the I late nineties, so they could so be talking about, about the singer. Down that staircase so fast. Um, I need you right away. No. Yeah, right now, please. I'm sorry. Excuses. Be back in a sec, mom. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really... If you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. So I've been a little caught up every time I've watched this and kind of missed whether or not. Did Marcus say bring your wife? Because everyone knows you just go by yourself. You go by yourself. Well, so here are a few things. Okay. First of all, what, what we didn't see in that clip is that when Uncle Marcus calls the party on his cell phone, this is like in the late 90s when people didn't really understand. Not everyone understood how cell phones work. Yeah. So they put in this foley of like every time when he was dialing, it was clicking like a touchtone phone. It was going click. Oh, right, right. <laughs> right. Which I thought was great. Small yeah. detail. But also, um, I really thought, I genuinely thought that when the, the bad, when Marcus called yeah. and Matt answered, I was, for a second, I was like, oh, fuck. This is about to get dark. I thought the big twist was going to be that Matt called Mar- hired oh, Marcus. Oh, yeah, no, and no, I was no. like, oh, that would have been amazing if, because if, Matt... Seems like he's. Remember, we had that first read on him that he's going to be the bad guy. Yeah, of course. I so mean, I thought this he would has be the bad twist. guy written all over him. No. Yeah. No, and no. well, here's the other thing that made me think, and like this is not to say I'm even implying that this was fake, but I, the only other time I've heard of someone being is this so and so, the blah blah blah, like when he says is this Matt the jeweler or whatever. It made me think of like during Kim's Paris robbery, how she always said like the guys weren't even looking for me. They kept saying, where's the rapper's wife? Uh, and I was like, under what circumstances does like someone in a, in a dangerous situation like this mm-hmm. just go with the career path? Yeah. Because like, you know who this man is. Like you don't have to say jeweler, like last name or not. Like it's yeah. obviously this man, you've called him to the phone. You know what the fuck he does for a living. Yes. But like, it's almost like they have to tell what Matt, what the stakes are. Yeah. Like we know you're a jeweler. Right. You Unless know? maybe they don't know who he is. Maybe like, like the white, like, well, I think Carol wrote a tight little script for them. And I think that that's uh, yes. what we're supposed to follow. But I also thought, you know, 60 minutes is, is not indulgent, nor is it like generous in any way. Yeah. It's, it's, it is very tight. And it is weird that Matt brings her because it's like super weird for someone he doesn't even like. Well, because also like, okay. So think about this. If she's hired them, normally yeah. she would just 
pay them. Right. right. But I guess she wants it to be that it, it's going to, tr- she doesn't want that paper trail. No, she, so wants, she wants it to be, be that we got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they're stepping it, it out. It so work. she says, because the first thing that they say is that we go to the, we go to the apartment and Anne's pacing around trying to figure out what Still to do next. With blood on her face. Streak of blood all over her. Not gonna, hasn't washed it off yet. And then Matt and Carol rush outside and then he says, um, someone called, we, they have Peter, they're gonna kill him if we don't bring the jewels. And Carol goes, oh, I don't care about the jewels. They'll be reimbursed by the insurance company. And Matt's like, I don't care about them at all. Like, yeah. Carol has weird narratives throughout all of this that it's like, hey guys, just in case you didn't know Carol didn't like have her eyes on the prize here like she is thinking about pretty much everything but the fact that her son is gonna die exactly and like granted she wasn't on the phone yeah like so she doesn't know you know that marcus is a scary possible possibly new york possibly british dude yes but anyway she seems to like have lost the sense of the stakes here so they have to follow the directions he's like okay we've got 53 minutes Mm -hmm. seven minutes went by fast considering what we're about to have to lay out yeah exactly so the baby monitor is having frequency issues again and and hears a baby cry and the uncle is turns out it's zach upstairs and so uncle marcus is upstairs trying to calm the kid down he's actually saying like baba black sheep and it's very sweet has no idea what that is i guarantee carol's like like sing the sing the 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 sheep the baba black sheep song She's like, Baba Black Sheep. Right. I guess like, Baba was a sheep who was black <laughs> and the sheep was dirty. So Baba went <laughs> to the water and became a white got sheep. got a shampoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got a shampoo. Yeah, it was a coal It's a, it's a nice story about a sheep that went through the coal mine exactly and needed to take a shampoo. It's, yeah. a, it's a story about hygiene. It's actually probably like a popular song in like Zurich <laughs> and like... When she would be on holiday with her mom, <laughs> you know, in Zurich, yeah, you know, she probably had, she sheep- probably had an au pair who sang it, and so she's like, "Isn't that the black sheep?" Before song? bed, the sheep brushes its teeth, it combs its hair, and it does a shampoo. Yeah, right. Um, so so stupid. So <laughs> Uncle Marcus is singing him, and the guy's like, "Jimmy's like, hey, when I cried, my mom will lock me in the dark closet." And Marcus is like, "Yeah, that's probably what's wrong with you." Um, so he's like, "Turn the baby monitor back on." Um, they go out to the other room, and he's like, "I have news for you." He's like, "If the kid gets hurt, we don't get paid." He's like, "We're looking for a stuffed frog." The kid loves the stuffed frog. Yeah. So that Froggy suddenly is becomes a pivotal player in this Froggy's, movie out of yeah, nowhere. A big dick player in this. So downstairs, Anne, who just honestly, I said, should just shit the like sit down and let this play out. Of course, that's when you accept sort of like, okay, what I can do is I can keep the area Hunker around down, me calm, keep it dark, whatever. She finds the second flashlight because she let the first one downstairs yes. by the dead body, which is yes. dumb also because that has her fingerprints on it. Make it look like she did it. Yes. So she's already an idiot. It would be like me knowing that a nuclear bomb was dropped just far enough that it killed most of the city, but not enough that it killed near me. And then being like, you know, I'm going to walk around outside with this case of water in my hands. Yeah, like, no, you're going to get killed, yeah, you yeah. dumbo. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid um, face. Stay inside. You hunker down. Hunker so down. There's so a easy. cry on the monitor again, and it seems like it's coming from upstairs, but this, it's the monitor is going the other way this time it's peter crying about the frog's eyes falling out so oh everyone, what is with this kid in this eyes kid, he wants to poke all the eyes out and then the moment that that like froggy's eyes go to sleep he gets mad he first of all you should have been asleep in the first place you shouldn't have even noticed right. froggy's eyes yeah but yeah of course so this this also, is what is this bullshit about the frog's eyes like does the, is it one that, of those sleeping dolls like when you like lift yeah, the doll up must be and no it's not i think he just is like he runs with his own eye agenda all day well this is the first of many times that peter fucks up everything for everyone oh. 
like this awful. is like now the beginning. Like Peter was always bad, but now this is where Peter becomes so like intolerably awful. Yeah. And should have hogtied him and put him in like a cloth bag. Yeah. And just said, you come out later when we can deal with I you. I was actually thinking, like, at this point, Anne should have been like, this is an emergency situation. I actually have to put duct tape on his face. Yeah. And, like, maybe his Because you can't too. shut this kid the fuck up. No. So, um, you know, Peter's crying about the frog's eyes. He gets him to chill out by singing a little bit of Itsy Bitsy Spider. Then he comes down, and then she goes back out to the kitchen and cleans up, like, most of the blood or whatever. And yeah, Peter is the most fucking the annoying child of all time. Um, he comes back... Um, Forty-four thirty-one to forty-six forty. This oh is a significant God. chunk of time. <sighs> this child. I called for you. Then they called for Batman. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the monitor was off. I didn't hear you. Maybe you're now. See, she still the blood okay. on her face. Why do you have that red on your face? <laughs> well, where did the red come from? From now on, we're gonna whisper like this. Why? It's a game. Okay. 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 Now it's off to bed. I'm thirsty. All right. I will get you Never. something to drink, and then you have to go to bed. She's still not washing sleep. the blood off. What's your most favorite special drink in the world? Hot chocolate. She should know that, by the way. She's I'll an enemy. I'll get you some hot chocolate if you promise to go straight to she bed. She should never like fed him anything. Yay. Promise. That's not. Is that a symbol for promising? Crossing right. He crossed his entire torso. So here is a nod almost to Scream, which came out about two years prior to this. Yeah, firing up that tea kettle. Yeah, this is some of the, the, the suspense. We're going to make it. make it if you don't lose it. No, no yeah. rush. We've got 40 minutes. I She's be sick of playing this charade. She just wants to bait this guy so he can end this already. There's a truck that's blocking traffic. And you know, the entire time Carol's like, I wish he showed this sort of drive when it came to saving our marriage. And he's driving like crazy. Just poking around. Put that back. What the hell is the matter with you? Just fingerprints everywhere. They killed someone. Fingerprints everywhere. Now he's looking at the CD collection. These suck. Suck, suck. Vicious suck. judgment. They all suck. Pavariti. Unbelievable. The one People joke in time movie. Up. Pavariti. I was like, well, he likes chopsticks, so we know he likes classical music, but <laughs> something about this doesn't do it he for has him. He's an amateur. You know, well, you know, Marcus, this is why Marcus is sort of like, he's looking for a new, like, pup, you know? Like, he's like, I can't, like. This, Jimmy's not going to work out. It's not. He, he tells his sister, Susie, listen, Susie, Jimmy's a good kid. He's yeah. just, he's not meant for the business. Yeah, because Marcus, he's like, he's in a blazer. He's a man. He's like, right. There's a certain sophistication he's about him. He's a career him. criminal. Yeah, but Jimmy's like a street. Bug. Jimmy, like, should, it was either go with Marcus or work at the um, auto shop with his other uncle but he already like shook down yeah. his uncle for cash or something yeah Jimmy's a, the family fuck up yeah. exactly um, but I thought for sure when he took the cash like they do all this like tipping to stuff that it would normally make sense like 
I was like, oh, he's going to see your ID. That's what I thought. Right. I thought it was like, like there were many times, like you would think at some point that they would just see some indication that this was not the right woman. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, like literally not once. And so Anne is singing the spider song to Peter. It's, it's, I, I keep doing the spider with my hand every time I, I like it. It, it sets the stage. Um, when the kettle starts to go whistle in the kitchen and upstairs, the guys can hear the kettle go off and mm-hmm. Anne burns herself on it. And Marie says to Jimmy, like, Hey, like, do you hear that whistling? And Jimmy's like, yeah, it's the wind beneath your ears. Like, oh. okay. Like, yeah, very nice, Jimmy. Um, yeah, it's so- actually like, you know, like, I think actually Marcus has dealt with enough, like, abuse like that all his life. Like, right. He doesn't need to hear it from you right now. Also, like, it's it's also like that when the dumb person tries to call the yeah. other, it's like, okay, like, like you're- Marcus is too sophisticated to even, like, get down on the ground with this kid. Yeah. You know but, what I but, mean? But the, the, the worst part, the joke is so stupid, and it's coming from the, the, the stupid person yeah. that it's making Marcus realize... Why am I like? Why? Why do I even have this guy? Like what? Like what choices do I make? Like may, like maybe I am the stupid person because I'm the one who brought this guy along for the job. Right. I mean, Jimmy. The only thing that he has here that he's done is he actually did the murder. Yeah. That's the only thing he's good for yeah. is the actual murder. So. Peter. Um. After a beat. Um. Peter screams. Oh, Peter, Peter comes out Damn! of his room and is screaming because he's a fucking loser. So how does that not get on the baby monitor, but the tea kettle does? I don't. Well, the baby, the tea kettle, I think, was just traveled through the air, sort of. Oh, no, I thought it was... On the baby monitor? I think I mean, so. it would make sense based on the title it's, of the film. It's hard to track all these things. Um, but after a beat, um, the guy walks... Oh, he goes down... So Peter's... Oh, Marisa, go downstairs, like, go look in, go see if anyone's downstairs. Yeah. So Jimmy goes downstairs and he's look, trying to look through the people, like, the other way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which it, is, it actually like a late 90s music video, like a Missy Elliott moment. You yeah. know, like, But, like, Island. everyone knows that the, it doesn't work to look through the people right. that way. Well, Jimmy has, I mean, Jimmy... Jimmy has some issues. Yeah, he's <laughs> just looking for some motion, though. He understand and Anne remarkably doesn't give it to him. Um, yeah. So um, the guy, he walks away from the door, and Anne turns the monitor in Peter's room back on, which, again, was weird to me because she knows what's going on with the monitors already, so I don't know why. Yeah, there's already, like, I guess she wants to hear to make sure she knows what's going on, but there's already, there's a lot of, like, monitors going on, monitors going They're off. taken out of Peter's room because this little loudmouth shit. <laughs> Fucker, yeah, screaming Anne every two seconds, complaining, and sure enough, like he's because now he's out of bed again, right? Saying he's that he has monsters, tantrum. So Peter can't bring himself. He says he has to pee, and he has to like he goes to the bathroom. And he's like can't bring himself to pee, and he's like I want a book. She's standing over him <laughs> at the toilet, and as yeah. he's like, I can't go potty. You need to read me a book. Like, what, this child. Yeah. Like, what is this? What always happens every time he has to pee? That's and Anne's like, like, we don't have time for that right now, Peter. She's said like, you had to daddy pee. reads when he goes to the bathroom, um, which is like gross. Like, we don't it's need like, to know that. Yeah. And like, again, this is, there, this is a disturbed child who, like, if you didn't, if you, like, if you had to pee, you'd be peeing already. But this is good, like, I guess, like, trial by fire for Anne because she's really getting to know her future stepson. And her future profession, yeah. honestly. And, like, and you know what I didn't need? I didn't need the pee foley that then happened. Oh, I where was like, he peed oh, just, oh, like, two gonna, seconds? We yeah. hear, hear, like, the trickle. I'm like, I don't need Peter's... <laughs> You're I don't, I don't in wanna, my life. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the point was just to say, like, yes, he is this annoying. He really only had to pee, like, a tiny bit. Yeah. He only, like, 
there's like murderers upstairs. Right. And he's been already given the hot chocolate. Like there was already a negotiation. Yes. You have the hot chocolate and you be quiet. Yes. And now he's got like, he's screaming like, Anne. This is when you just turn to him, Anne, and you say, listen, this is a dangerous situation. This is a bad situation. We don't have phones. There are bad guys in the building. And the only way to get out of this is by you being quiet and letting me figure it out. Like, you have yeah. to level with him at some point. Yeah, that's when you say, like, the bad monsters are in the building. But this kid has not been trained for, like, a worst-case scenario. Like, like no, no one... The way that this kid, like, just keeps being like, but why? Why is there blood? It's because, like, no one's ever had the incentive to be like, I'm telling you no, and I don't give a fuck what you think. Yes, it's because- no one just says, I'm the adult here, and when I tell you no, I mean no. Yeah. I he- mean no. He is every why about every single thing. the only people who have ever told him no are Anne, who's paid to say no, and then yeah. maybe his mom, like, once or twice on vacation. And they're scared to make him scared. This is when he needs to be scared. Yeah. Like, when, he, when he said, I, I heard monsters, or I saw monsters, Anne has to be like, there are monsters and they're going to get us. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and you know who would have done that? His mom. Yeah. Carol would have been like, yeah, you know, you're talking about your eyes getting ripped out all the time. Well, tonight's the night. Sit down. Um, so, in the car now we're um in the car and matt says he doesn't know how the guys got the number to the hotel and carol's like oh we left the number on the mantle just in case remember yeah um and then carol tells matt that she loves him um right before he gets out of the car at the jewelry store and he's like he just looks like fucking disgusted by her because she's now going a little she's like going off her own script because now she's like maybe we can start over maybe after all this we can start over i'm like why why are you talking about starting over right now your child is in danger yeah that's what matt's thinking yeah and then she gets out of the car car and like stops Matt before he runs into the building she's like we have to talk about this and he's like (laughs) and he just like runs inside so Carol gets back in and she just like lights up a cigarette while Matt goes to get the jewels like she flicks on the cig in the car so Peter refuses to go to bed you know what this tells me it was too soon for her to launch a murder plot she wasn't she hadn't processed yesterday's emotions yet Exactly. Like, oh God. It's a fly. A fly landed on the rim of my drink. I hated that. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to go with it. I'm gonna have to roll with that (laughs) on my rose. On my on the solo cup holding my rose. You're truly living. Alaska's what real housewife drinks out of solo cups in our house? Kim Zolciak. Kim Zolciak. Yeah, well, that's me right now. I'm yeah. having a Kim Zolciak moment. I don't know why. I just feel like if I don't want to do a dish, I'm just going to drink out of a solo cup. Is that terrible? It's like a black fly in your solo cup. I know. That's my life. But, um, so. Guess oh, what, Peter? Peter says he can't He's find awake. his, he can't, um, he and Froggy can't sleep. He begs to watch TV. He's like, I but mean, why? why? Why are mommy and daddy coming home? Peter. This was, when did TV ever become part of the deal for tonight? I know, we went I know. Your, You got like, first of all, you had your, you had a hot chocolate, which is like crazy that you were allowed to have that. Your ass was supposed to be asleep hours ago. You had a, you had a bonus potty break. Yep. You had a book during the potty break. You've really dragged this out. And now you want to watch TV? And then he goes, I'll just wait up for my parents. And she's like, this is not how this works. No. And like, poor Anne having to deal with like the negotiations mm-hmm. of like a, literally a sociopath. Um, so he with asked no Anne, he's like, Anne, when are you having a baby? Which and- is so fucking rude. I know, and like she needs to hear that from this kid, even though she's already pregnant. And he doesn't—he doesn't even really like. He, she thinks he means literally, yeah. But he means in the figurative sense when he said, you know, one day Anne's gonna like be a mommy on her own, so she's not always gonna be able to be with you, yeah. Um, and he says his mom told him, and that Anne wouldn't be able to take care of him anymore because of the baby. Yeah. Peter then goes into his room and flicks on the baby monitor without Which, permission. Without permission, it's like. 
And to what end? Right. Like we, this had been set up earlier because he had the baby monitor on and then he pulled a, it didn't really make sense why because it's, it's not only that he turns the baby monitor on but then he takes like some weird like, like sculpture dinosaur thing, yeah egg, and like hides it like oh oh that's a good prank you're making yourself more monitored i mean i have no right yeah so then matt clears out the safe at the office and he also finds a gun while he's in there and dude yeah. matt has like loot like he has a lot of shit yeah. like pearls diamonds the whole work so Anne is in peter's room singing the spider song trying to get him to go back it's to bed bitsy, it's laborious like, um, can you believe that she's had to sing the song so many times I in can't. one night um, it must be royalty free or something because they, they've they've just really used and abused this song. So like yeah. Carol spots the gun when he gets back to the car, um, and she's like, "Matt, I didn't tell you to bring the gun. We told them we weren't going to bring a gun. We just um, we're I'm going to do the like. By the way, when we get there, I'm doing the negotiating. Yeah, and it's like, sweetie, like you're lucky you're here. You're not even supposed to be part of this. She's also like fully emasculating him now, you yeah. know, because she's like, I'm going to do the negotiating, which really shouldn't be emasculating because like women should be allowed to negotiate just as, just the same. But she's still she's still emasculating him. And then she's like, you don't even know how to use a gun. You know, like she's just going to like like you didn't. Oh, you didn't want to talk about us. Fine. I'm going to chop you down. I mean, there's something to be said about letting like, you know, gender roles play out in a super straight ass marriage, especially in yeah. 1999. Like, you yeah, know, there's a way to Dr. Laura that shit. And let your man feel like a man. While you're taking care of business, yeah, you know exactly. But she's not especially about to. like Carol's. Like you know, she's trying to finesse this dude while also simultaneously like not realizing that that's the reason why they're in trouble in the first place. It's like you just fucking undercut him at every opportunity. Oh yeah, absolutely. He has one chance to save the kid. So um, upstairs, the uh, the criminals are hearing the baby monitor go off, and they finally they hear bitsy bitsy spider, and then they hear Peter go, "Where's Froggy? Oh, Froggy? Which where, where? fuck?" What the fuck? You had Froggy all this time, Peter. You That's your fault, Peter. You were the one being like his eye. You were carrying him around. So Peter drops the other shoe, like not realizing <laughs> this. And so they're like, fuck. Because um, something goes off in Maurice's head where he's like, is that Sam? Marcus. Marcus. But something nice goes too. off in Marcus. Anytime I say Maurice, you guys know what I mean at home. Something goes off in Marcus's head where he's like, Oh fuck! I forgot I was supposed to be like very tuned into the kid's frog. Yes, like this was this was my beat here. Mm-hmm. So Anne finally gets Peter into bed, and she starts to think like she's hearing a baby crying upstairs, and then she, um, like she the hears baby. The guys. So, so Zach is crying, and the guy, the two guys are kind of like stumbling around, being like, "Where the fuck is the stuffed frog? Got to find the frog." Um, and they're like, this is the final sign that we've gotten the wrong house. So like, they're kind of like, the guys are kind of catching on. Yeah. Cause they say something like there's a, f- yeah. Maybe is this a photo season. album? We did they, that. I think they said, I think this band, was this the plot where they said there's a frog downstairs? It doesn't matter. Yeah. She's just like, this is not good. There's a frog she supposed to be the- in the mix. that's not there. Yeah. Someone is missing a frog. Missing frog. Two people are, three people are actually missing a frog. The two guys upstairs and technically Peter's also missing his frog. Yes. So. Uh, she just goes and she just barricades the door, which is the, probably her first good instinct. Uh, literally, she moves a nice, fat credenza in credenza. front of that door. And I was like, you fucking go, Anne. Yeah. Like, yes, finally, we're like cooking with fire here. Here we go. So Anne uses a flashlight to try and signal down a car um, nearby, but she fails, which I was of like, course. also like, good. You know what? Nice she's, now try. Now she's starting to do like 
some instincts are which kicking Which she should in. have been doing for the last hour of her life. Um, and then Matt's pulled over for speeding while all this is going on, which is like a nightmare. And Carol's right. like, oh, just take the speeding ticket and go like after. We're yeah. going to be a family again, okay? Just yeah. the three of us. Like, <laughs> totally like, Carol, you are off script, sweetie. Hey, Carol, you're losing it right now. <laughs> Carol. Just like let this happen. Carol's like, do you want to go to Aspen next Christmas? And like Peter's still, or Matt's still waiting for his ID. So anyway, um, he tells her, we'll talk about it. You know, don't tell me how to handle things. So back at the place, the burglars are looking for the family at the family photo album. And this is where they realize, okay, yeah, we're in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause they, they finally see that Lisa, there's no, no sign of froggy that there's like the, the, the photo album just is spelling everything out. There's yes. no, like uh there's no, family structure well, that seems this, familiar let's play this audio because it's pretty amazing and i think this is also where we get carol the downfall of carol yeah she's not smiling now <laughs> he's referring to lisa jimmy pictures of lisa yeah the picture you idiot yes so uh, where's mrs jewelry store do you ever see family pictures with babysitter and another mother you said there was no one downstairs. I mean, you said you had all the details covered. There's no frog here. But there seems to be a frog downstairs. Now go out on the balcony and see if there are any lights on down there. Oh, yeah. So Anne is trying to fashion like a Rapunzel. little rope out of out of sheets that she's tied together like a child at sleepaway camp. Yes. trot downstairs, I shoot out her lock, and I do her. Bada bing, bada boom. I mean, this upstairs thing, it was an honest mistake. <laughs> Shut up, will ya? Get the hell out of here, okay? I'll handle this. It's okay, it's okay. Anne's little, uh, little rope that she bashed does not go near <laughs> to the ground. Like, at least 30 Relax, feet between the two. She gets maybe to the next floor. Everything's going to be fine. Poor Peter. I wonder if Anne's even still there. What the hell are you talking about? Of course she's there. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if she just left Peter. Or she got scared or something. He doesn't really mean that much to her. She'll have her own kids someday, don't you think? Why should she risk her life for someone else's child? She's been wanting to say that all day. That's why I'm happy for her. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I'm also exa- exactly like she's not in a processing place to like try and take a hit out, you know, with she her does, son in the house. Too much, too fast. So, I mean, I don't know. There's just yeah, something well, so. By the way, why would she ever hire a hitman to come in when her ch- child is there? Why not send the hitman? To her place. Because she needs it to happen now. Carol's not thinking. Carol's not Carol a long game like, person. She's really not. She can't. Like in any way, like if she if she wanted to like pull this marriage thing off, she would have picked a real heel. Like some like loser that she could just like, just some guy that she'd be like, yeah. whatever. Like she pro- who cares? What was probably cut from the movie was that 
Carol's plan was kill Anne and then take Matt off for a romantic weekend at the house, her mom's house. Yeah. And then that's going to save the marriage. Like she has to get rid of Anne right away. Yeah. Yeah. Urgency. Yeah. The mom would babysit Peter for the weekend. You know, what a treat. Yeah. So, um, Anna's uh, still trying to tie those sheets together. Then we see her, um, and now when we come back, she is trying to break into like the electric box in the back of the closet in the parents' room. Yeah. So she can control the, uh, the panel in the house and basically shut all the lights off. Yeah. Um, and then we see, um, our boys come down the stairs and they are, they're aware that this is the wrong place. They have Zach with them, mm-hmm. which is a surprise, right? Yeah, always. So the cop comes over and asks Matt, you know, um, get out of the car, like, you know, just for a second, which is weird. I'm wondering why. Because well, I've know, never had a cop ask me to get out of a car. Well, Maybe he thinks all, Matt's drunk. I was about to say, you don't, we don't know how long Matt has... First of all, Matt, they've been at that gala for a while, and Matt oh. is, needs some booze to get through that. He hated it. He didn't want to be there. So honestly... He probably smelled booze on Matt's breath. Honestly, and based on Matt's like reactions, right? he may actually You're be drunk. You're right. Matt might be drunk. I, I didn't mean, even think of it. Yeah. Matt could actually easily have a DUI. Matt is like specifically a shit person. Yeah. Yeah. Matt definitely got a DUI <laughs> within the last like two, three years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. So Matt's like, yeah, okay. And uh, like the cop steps back to let him out. But instead, he steps on it and he just like flies Matt's out like, of there. I'm and Carol's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "What do you think I'm doing?" Yeah. Um, and she's like, just seems like angry that he won't follow the steps of getting like a parking like. Like to, it just like, it won't it won't end anything. Right. right. Yeah. So Anne tells Peter that they're gonna play a game. So let's play this like little clip. We lost them. We're gonna make it. God, I hope they're all right. I know about your affair with Anne. It's over, Matt. Our marriage is over. No, your affair is over. Our marriage is fine. You don't care about Peter. All you care about is that slut. Shut up. Damn it! She wouldn't say it till it was done. You know, I like, honestly, unless Carol's a little sauced up herself. Like, yeah, I think that, I mean, maybe is. Carol's just not the woman we know her to be. Yeah. So they duck exactly. away into a building for a second. He to figures it out. avoid the cops. You did this? You thought I didn't know? Welcome to the party, Matt. Yeah, seriously, Matt. Here's the real you party. You put our son's life in danger with criminals? They promised not to hurt him. Are you crazy? I had to. You're his mother! The fact that he would do this to her, though, and then be incredulous that this is who she is, is... And whatever happened to him being in a rush, Yeah. She runs out of the car. Bam. Bam. Literally, I've never seen someone, except for in movies like this, get hit by a car like that. Yeah, right in front of a restaurant. That's a Disney Channel show. She ran right out in front. Just get an ambulance. Just get an ambulance. 
It's like Don Imus ran over. I feel bad for that guy because he looks like he's sober now. Like maybe he's lived through some shit. And this is like he finally got sober and then he hits this lady. Exactly, the last thing he needs. You know what it probably was? Probably was Lisa's husband. Oh, yeah. Don't leave me! So Matt just leaves her like in the street to fucking die for yeah. all he knows. Yeah, yeah. She, he's just he's he's just gone. She, I mean, she has gone. She has totally unraveled. She's become unspooled. She hears this woman who's always like in control of everything. Yeah. Um, and um, she just did not know how to play this. She really. She went. I mean, she ran into the street and got run over. I mean, that's an Anne move, not right. a Carol move. I'm right. sorry. Well, like, let's talk about like all the ways this opens up for everything to fucking go wrong now yeah. because now we have carol out with the vengeance like talking about the cheating and like so she can show up to the building angry we have cops that are looking for this man yeah that he couldn't say to them like we're in the middle of a very dangerous situation and this is why i was driving and yeah. i need to turn this over to you now mm-hmm. no um so we have cops on the lookout for him I don't know where they come from at the end. Spoiler alert, guys. No one fucking, like, re- nothing really terrible happens. But, yeah. like, the cops do show up. But, like, where did I'm, they I'm, come from? They must have been, like, um, tracking his license plate through, like, locals. Been like, did you see a speeding um, car of a certain make and model? If I was Carol, here? I would be cutting my losses with Matt. And I'd be trying to say to this guy that just hit me, you know, like, this is a meat cute sort of thing. Like, you know, do you mind like driving me back? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, just you could take me back to my mom's work party. Yeah. You know, that was my ex and I. He has a drinking problem. He has a DUI. Look it up. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, exactly. what are you up to? You exactly. Know? I think at this point, Carol is now being like, okay, plan B. We're not going to be a family, and now I'm going to destroy Matt's life the way he's destroyed mine. I'm yeah. going to like say how he was drunk driving, and he was saying crazy things, and he, I think he hired some people to kill my... This is just like reminds me of one thing that I always try to come back to is both a self-note and a note to the world, and when I give advice on please advise, which is mm-hmm. stay on message. Stay on message. And when you're fighting with someone, when you're having a conversation, stay on message. It's so easy to get caught up in the little like, yeah. you know, floors in the side where you can just like really have a yeah. moment in something. Thing. You can walk down there and just yeah. take a moment. I mean, I, I hate to like, I do this in regular conversation. I feel so, I feel it's so obvious with you, but I, that's my big problem with Countess Luann. As like mm. Countess Luann likes to really just like fucking take a sidestep. And I'm like, yeah. Lou, you were right. You yeah. were right. Like you had total common sense coming into this, but then you had to get nastier. You had to say yeah, this. Yeah, she does that all the time. Or you had to start working this side agenda. It's literally, it's because it's a, a lack of an ego check, I think for uh-huh. sure. But I think it's also a very common messaging problem. Like people start in with something that makes total sense and then they have to go into another side dig. Yeah. And it's like, listen, we're all working with like 50 problems at once, but oh, we absolutely. solve one at once. And I think also in general, a really good, um, an- another good piece of advice is that if you are, um, hatching a murder plan with hitmen, <laughs> just stay cool. <laughs> just be cool. By the way, I am kind of dying. Cause like when you first got here tonight, I was like, does Ben sound like Ramona to me? Or is Ramona started to sound like Ben? I'm starting to sound because, like Ramona. I mean, your impression of her is so good. <laughs> and Ronnie definitely plays off your impression. Right, right. Um, but like her voice has started to really take on you guys' impression in a way. Right. And I know that she knows who you guys are. I'm like, I wonder if she listens and kind of absentmindedly. I don't, think, I don't think she listens. I don't think she even understands it. But I do find I do her impersonation so much that like my speaking pattern is starting to become like a, I'm starting to speak more like this. Which yeah. Because like, my impersonation of Ramona is like, whoa, 
this is crazy. Someone hired a hitman <laughs> to go kill Avery. You know, and it's like... Can you imagine <laughs> if someone did that? Ramona? Don't fuck with Ramona. If someone this, did this to Avery, this would have been yeah. solved in 15 minutes. Well, if this was like Ramona and Mario, yeah. I was like, Mario, we're going to be a family again, okay? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just killed your mistress, okay? But Mario would like... I mean, Ramona would stay on message. Carol's oh. too messy. Carol's- well, Ramona is like Ramona's smart. She would deny, deny, deny. Yeah. And I'm, in fact, Carol should have been like, who do you think you're talking to? When he said you did this, she should have been like, are you crazy? Yeah. What did, you You've know, got I a lot this, of nerve. I run this. This is my company. And you yeah. know, I deal with your bullshit all day long as a quote unquote creative when we know you're just cashing a paycheck from me and I do all the work. And now Oof. you're going to accuse me of this. Now, if Ka- that's what Carol really should have done. And I honestly, I think... I'm surprised she didn't do it. Yeah. I think that's lazy writing because that's what she, her character would have done. It also was a lot to like come to terms with your failing marriage and your husband and like fuck, you know, fucking the babysitter, yeah. getting her pregnant, and you, you know, because at this point we ha- we can't forget Carol love you. Had, Carol has had some cocktails at that party, right? So at this point, like. It's not that she's unraveling. It's just that she's drunk. And yeah. like, she just can't control it. She's, I think Carol's she's turning a into Dorinda. She was doing blow. She has to deal with her mother. <laughs> she has to deal with all these people in Cherish Hill. And she has to stay. Yeah, she can't get sloppy on the booze. So anyway, um, I wrote, why did Matt even bring her on this errand to begin with? Like, I, and then I also wrote, and honestly, man, can you be unquote. mad at someone who's as stupid and selfish as Carol's being right now? Yeah. I feel like obviously in the moment, but like, this is where, as we were talking earlier, like you find that pity spot. Like, I would if I was yeah. I'd be ten minutes off this relationship before I was like, you know what? I feel bad for Carol. And you know and and Matt, like the fact that he doesn't even show any sort of contrition, even before he he doesn't yeah. he doesn't even know that Carol is in on the murder thing just yet. Yeah. And when she's like she's like, the affair is over, whatever. Like the fact that he's not like, oh, so you know. The fact that he's like, no, this marriage is over. Like the fact that he's like mad at yeah, her yeah. about the affair. Yeah. Uh-uh, Matt. There's no seat. hangover from this information for him. Yeah, take he's a seat. Just she bold. gave you a job. Okay. She gave you your entire lifestyle actually before Carol. Matt, you know where you were? You know where you were, Matt? You were bartending yeah. at Dave and Buster's, and we all know it. Yeah, or he was passed out drunk on the front lawn of some frat house. You yeah, know. selling sailboats. Exactly. So um, the mobsters get there and they do a knock first bit before they um, before they go in. But then and the just, you know the ponytail guy shoots the locks off the door and lets himself in. And I guess that credenza just moved itself back to the wall. Literally, so many questions about like, the credenza. Where did that ha- what happened to that barricade? It was so good. Um, so then they notice right away that the power was fully shut off for the whole place um mm-hmm. and Anne has peter in the stairwell and she runs him upstairs so she's in like the side part of oh, the i guess what we miss is to get out she probably had to move the credenza over so oh way. sure 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 on the editing room floor um so can you imagine doing that with peter there Having to push a 300-pound credenza with Peter in the room. <laughs> Why? Why are you moving the credenza? Why are you going in the stairway? That has all the delicates in it. So, uh, My they, feet hurt. <laughs> Anne has Peter in the stairwell. She's running him upstairs to hide. But as soon as they get there, the guys come through the baby monitor, and they're like, she's hiding, hiding. Yeah, it's one of these come out, come it's out, like wherever you are. Very, they're like, and it, that was like really scary to me. That's where hmm. I was like daytime watching this in my bed. Like, oof, I would. Oh. Hate that. I was more nervous earlier when she walked back into the apartment and because the end of the manila envelope, yeah. the telltale sign of a, of a flopped over manila envelope. <laughs> That was more a scary. We all know for what me. that means. Yeah. So um, then Jimmy's convinced that she's like gone. He's like she's gone, um, but um, <laughs> his so uncle's stupid. like she's around. 
Just you go look upstairs. I'll check the garage. Check the stairwell um, above for roof access. So, By the way, like, was anyone stopping Anne from maybe hiding in one of the like empty vacant units? No, that would have been a good option too. Literally, like, no. Like, because then there have been like. I mean, I can't. There's at least like four things where I was like, oh, I would have hidden there. Or like, why didn't when she goes upstairs, like like, she could have locked herself in like the master closet upstairs. Like that, they weren't going to like go pillaging through that. How about you take the kids down to like the first floor? Right. To one of those units in there. How about you go onto like one of the balconies there and just like walk out? Yeah. Screen door. Oh, there's that. It's like literally like. Yeah. So obvious. Um, So. And seems like a like she takes the kids and they go downstairs to the garage and she puts Peter in the back seat of a, of the only car. It's like an old set, sort of like Mercedes, I would say like an eighty two or something. <laughs> and he puts the kid in the back seat and then she puts Zach in the back seat and she's like, "We're still Batman and Robin, okay? And if bad guys come, we all have to put our heads down." So Peter starts like wailing about how he needs he's to have his laser. laser pistol. Pistol. He's like, Where'd "I need my come? laser," pi-. and I'm like, "He is not getting the fucking stakes. Yeah. Like she has to give him some stakes." <laughs> Shit. Where did the- where did this pistol come from? Where since when does he need a right. pistol? Never Froggy never had a pistol. Like where did the the gun come from? And all I can of a understand her being like, listen, I've been fucking your dad. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, this is what these we're we're gonna die tonight. At this point, you're in the car. For all she knows, she's alone in the garage. The windows are rolled up. She's like, okay, kid, fucking listen. All right, there is someone trying to kill. <laughs> Us, okay, <laughs> yeah. trying to kill you, and if you don't shut up, guess Zach, what? Your mom's your, already dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your mom, see that room over there? That's where your mom is. And guess what? She's not coming out of that room ever again unless yeah. she's out of a bag. Remember that nice lady who was gonna make you a snack yesterday, Peter? The yeah. one who you completely fucking blew off. Well, she's fucking dead, and that's gonna be us too. <laughs> she's fucking dead, and guess what? This is my life now. And if you don't shut up, I'm kicking you out of this car and leaving you for the killers, the bad monsters. Absolutely. Hell yeah. So yeah, make him pee his pants. The criminal dude chucks out to garage and he starts to, you know, see, you know, he's like, think of the boy lady. Not going to hurt you. Not going to hurt him. All I want is the money. You got the yeah. money and everything's fine. I know where you're hiding. So like he leans into the New York accent at this point. I don't know where his narrative went in his head where she thinks that she has the money now because like, she's like, my name's Anne. I'm a medical student like yeah. I, I don't have anything um but he comes up to the car and he sees peter he goes hi you must be peter and peter sits up and goes maybe are you a monster <laughs> like he's even a brat to the killer the like even worst. the killer's probably like uh like he like 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 just say no peter just when you're don't- a child and an adult speaks to you that you yeah. don't know. You just are like terrified. Also hide better. You were told to hide. Yes. Yeah. He Notice gave that up Peter's real quick. the only one the killer sees. He doesn't see Zach or even Anne. Anne is a grown human being in the front seat. He doesn't even see Anne. To, for all we know, Anne is not even in the car. Right. Yeah. At this point. So um, he says, no, I, I'm your friend. Unlock the door, buddy. So it's all right. Just unlock the door. So Anne goes right into drive at this point, And then he goes to stand in front of the car and holds the gun out and she just drives straight through him at a solid five miles per hour yes and she thought this was not like thankfully it fucking killed him yeah it was like to me i was more surprised it didn't get the garage door i thought we were gonna see much more of this man because she went like first of all it should not have killed him also she liked it's like give us some like like reverse and then really speed through that door. But she just sort of was like, I'm just going to do like, and she like was barely up to speed. She when gave she did that the thing. fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So she runs up the stairwell, and as soon as she gets there, she hears the like Jimmy be like, "Anne, did I hear a little voice?" So they've become very terroristic surrounding Anne, like yeah. especially Jimmy, who like didn't even. He thought he was the woman with the shitty CDs earlier. Yeah. Like, he didn't know her name. Yeah. So, then Matt gets home, and he sees, like, the scene in the garage. Wait, I'm, and he, I'm, I'm before that. Oh, sorry. Go they, ahead. Anne and the kids, they get into an elevator. Oh, right. This is actually very important. They get into... This is actually right. one of her best things that she ever did. Right. For the moment. She and the kids get in the elevator. She starts the elevator. It's, it's like, in between floors, and she presses the emergency stop. So, now they are Genius. in a protective, like, thing. She should have done that hours ago. Hours ago. Yeah. I, you know, I respect that she didn't because a lot of stuff was happening, but it was a good idea, and now they're right. in there. And now I'm like, oh, movie is over. They're going to hang out there now until Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Um, but then Matt gets home. He sees the scene in the garage, and he goes running straight for the door. So let's play 108.54 to 112.22. And this is basically going to almost take us out, but not really. So Anne's got the two little boys in the elevator. Well, Anne was supposed to until you fucked up like ten times. The knife that Anne has had from the kitchen the whole time falls out of her boot right now. And no one seems to notice there's a full-on knife on the floor with these two children. Jimmy's just beating on the stopped elevator door. By the way, the front door is glass. I don't know why Anne could not break that glass with anything. I know. Matt just broke into the building. He sounds like a fucking basset hound. What is that dog called? She couldn't come. I, I have the jewels. Show me. I want the boy first. Jewelry first. Open it. Those ain't no Zerks. I don't like Carol present, but look at the shit that Jeff that Matt is designing. I know. I know. And like Jimmy's like nice. So you hear gunshots and your first instinct is to go to the top floor the elevator and yeah. go up yeah I mean that's the weirdest part is to go up yeah. like on top of moving it I don't even notice there's a knife still lying on the, on, on the, on the floor fucking dumb Carol go on the teepee Peter Thank God. she hides the kids in the teepee significantly don't less out, no safe than the elevator is the teepee okay. yeah Zach for me. Daddy will be here real soon, okay? Okay. He's like, he's not looking at her at all. Yeah. (laughs) Drop the knife in. 
It's not an even match. It's not even close. Just go. Your friend is gone. Yeah, I noticed that he went down to the garage and he never came back up. What did you do? Did you stick him with your knife? Is that what you did, Ann? I ran him over. Damn, that must have hurt. I'm gonna miss my Uncle Marcus. What do you want? A little comfort in my grief. Don't you think you should comfort me? Oh, yeah. I think so. So he, like, starts to, like, take the ponytail out of her hair and kiss her, which I'm yeah. like, oh, so you're the only one with, like, a ponytail in the relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, I like the fact that his, her ponytail needed to be undone made it even worse that he was about to sexually assault her. Yes. <laughs> and, like, Peter is completely listening, by the way, for the first time in his life. Like, for once, it's kind of like he's, he's probably just, like, tuned out playing with the kid. Yeah, yeah. That's because we see that's what he, he really focuses on that. But he's barely listening because she told him initially, don't come out of this teepee. And then the moment she, like, walks in the room, he comes out. Like, if, if it had been Jimmy walked in the room. He's not bright. No, he's really an awful child. So he goes in to give her a kiss, and she needs him in the balls instead. And then he chases her into the bedroom, and there's, like, sort of, like, a, a moment where she tries to, like, buy some time by saying you know oh you wanted me in the other room like you don't want me now so she kind of like gives him permission to like have at it if he's not going to kill her right because she's clearly got she finally has thought of a plan yeah clearly of like okay he's gonna come on the bed and i'll probably like i there's a knife nearby I'll, now i can finally finish this once and for all nothing could possibly go wrong and he starts to get into it and he like goes to lean into it and then all of a sudden we hear like ah! And it's fucking Peter with the monster mask on. Dude, it's classic. Like, I, like I'm going to startle her with a pickle jar yeah. bit. And the ponytail guy goes straight for him. And for some reason, like, he's just, like, completely willing to kill this child, which, like, I'm fine with at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like Anne should be like, whatever. What part of staying the teepee involved you putting on a mask and going <laughs> into your parents' bedroom where the adults are? <laughs> like, what part of that? What part of that was that, Peter? Yeah, this is like basic, like kindergarten listening is like he's failed for the year. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, he and Anne get into like, he and Jimmy and Anne get into a fight in the bedroom and she knocks him out with a lamp, mm-hmm. um, which nice is enough move. to get the door locked on him. But then he uses his gun to blow out the knobs again. Yes, exactly. So he, ch- ch- he shoots out chunks of the door and, uh, he tells Anne she's going to come out from where she's hiding or he's going to go into, she's going to go into the hallway and kill the kid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anne comes out from the liquor cabinet where she's hiding to save the kid's life. <laughs> yeah. And Peter's like, or Jimmy's like, oh, I knew that you wouldn't like, you know, let him die or whatever. Great. He goes to shoot her and Point blank, um, pretty much can't get the job done. <laughs> it like skims he, her ear. It just like, like he's literally like three feet from her. Like all he, he, he could have just like shot her like right in the chest. Yeah. He, but he like wanted he to get shoots, that head shot or something. Yeah, he and just so, like fully misses. And by the way, at this point, there have been like a few gunshots and the kids are like totally unfazed. Like if I were a kid, I'd be screaming. I'd yeah. be crying. I'd be like, no crying. The kids are like totally unfazed by any of this. Oh, totally. No, I, it's like so unnerving that sound. So, um, he brings her out to the balcony, goes to hold her over the ledge. He's like strangling her. Yeah. And after a moment, Anna's able to like leverage her weight so that, Jimmy falls on top of her and over him. She, well, cause he, he starts to like push her up over the balcony. Yeah. And she is over the edge, but he doesn't realize that that like, she's that, got her bed sheet. Shitty, like bed sheet <laughs> rope was still there. So she's hanging on to it. And she, I don't know how she even does it. Like with one hand, she manages to like t- 
toss him. And like for a woman, even to have as a woman, I will say upper body strength is not our strong point. And right. like to be able to get back into the house after doing that was like wild to me. Yes. Um. So he falls down through a glass roof and he dies. And Anne goes to get Peter and she's like, I'm going to go get your dad. Um, and he's like, me too. And she's like, no, you stay here and watch Zach. And he's like, all right. <sighs> like the kid's like still like, oh, shucks in it. Like his yeah. way through it. And it's like, dude, do you not fucking get this? Like, like children can sense danger. And the fact that this kid doesn't even like have that, like doesn't receive those notes, those like right. emotions. Or I actually those, like, I'm starting to feel bad for him now. Yeah, now like, that you, you point that like, out. There was like a man, a man shot a gun in his living room. Yeah. <laughs> See, he's missing every major and minor context clue. So (laughs) Andy gets into the elevator um, to go get Matt and which I'm like, why are you taking a shortcut now, sweetie? Like now you're taking the stairs. By the way, she took the stairs like all movie. Yeah. The only time she ever took the elevator was like last scene when she's like stopped the elevator. But this time um, when she's attacked, it's Carol. Yeah. And Carol is the knife that Anne left behind from her boot. Yeah. Which no one remembered her putting into her boot. (laughs) Yeah. The door opens on the bottom floor and Matt is laying there right in like puddle of blood. So Carol's like, okay, um, Carol starts screaming at him to use the gun and shoot. And he wants her, she wants him to shoot Anne. Right. And Matt's obviously trying to negotiate it, but like this drunk asshole, like he's never. Yeah. And Carol's like, you know, she's on, she's like on coke. Carol's she's on the pain. fucking edge. She's like, she's been hit. She's already been hit by a car. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how she thought this was going to play out. Then the police come yeah. bursting through the front door with dogs. They yeah. got the canines out. Mm-hmm. So, um, Carol tells the police, she's like, shoot her, shoot, shoot. And like, for some reason, like the cops are able to deduce who the crazy person is in all of this. Yeah. And Anne is also able to like, sort of like take it into her own hands and she breaks free. And is kind of fighting with Carol where they both have their hands interlocked on the knife. Yeah. Um, but it gives enough space so that the police dogs are able to be like, they're like, go sick it and like sick they're on like, them or whatever. Her. But they only attack Carol, which yeah. I'm like, how do they know? How do they know? How, like, listen, police dogs can tell a, yeah. um, a soulless career woman who the does dogs not have, have maternal more sense instincts than yeah. Peter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Anne runs up to Matt and she's like, are you okay? And he's like, yes. He's like, how are the kids? And, um, which at the time I thought was insensitive, but I was like, no, this tracks with the family yeah. man message. Um, and she's like, they're in Peter's room. Um, so Carol's being like, okay, and then Anne, away. And Anne, like touches him or something. He's like, ow. Yeah. It's like, okay. She goes Matt, to relax. kiss him in front of Carol as she's being hauled away, which is. I, I mean, mean, talk about a passive aggressive move. Anne is a problem. I mean, that was, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you're watching this woman get hauled away. Yeah. I mean, Carol, Carol's life has literally fallen apart in front of her over the past 24 hours. Because of like, like she's like, she's gone mad because of this like entitled, like quote unquote medical student who last time we checked, we're not even sure she got into med school. She's probably just saying that. Yeah. You know, and yep. like this woman comes sleeping with her husband or the husband sleeping with her i should say because it's really matt's fault who started yeah. this but still like i'm paying you money to sleep with my husband no. yeah no no i mean this isn't exactly like one of those like power flow situations like yes technically matt is the boss but like matt is the one that's like he's the secondary boss you know what yeah. i mean it's like fooling around with your manager not, yeah. the, not the CEO. Yeah. So Matt and uh, Matt, Zach, Peter, and Anne all go off together um, in the ambulance. And, you know, I'm expecting a lot of wrap up here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
like kind of like Matt's just like, oh, you guys okay? And, you know, Batman and Robin stuff. And then Peter looks at him and he goes, we don't need Batman and Robin and saved us. And then the movie's just like fucking over. Yeah, it's like, guess what? This child <laughs> just lost his like love of superheroes and they're just moving forward. Zach's mom is fucking dead. Like, can we get an ETA on Carol ever being ejected from the situation or is she in jail yeah. for life? I feel like, I mean, Zach is the true victim in this situation because Zach, like, first of all, he had a terrible play date. Yes. Second of all, his mom got killed. Yep. Third of all, he's like not getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. His dad's on, uh, works out of town most of the time. This kid's so young. Who knows what his foundation is with his father? Yeah. And then who knows, you know, it's probably going to take a week for his dad to get back here from Europe. So he's going to have to live with, like, is, is there a world in which that he lives? Lives with Anne and Matt, and this is the beginning of their their brood. I mean, I think I think that's what's implied by that look. But I mean, obviously Leslie will come back and take his son, and then like this Zach is, is going to be like demented situation. Yeah, Zach is going to be totally messed up, and you know none of this would would have happened if. If like if maybe three years ago when the marriage was over, Matt had actually taken some personal responsibility for once in his life and said, "You know what, Carol? I don't think things are working out. I don't, I'm not feeling it anymore. Yeah, I let's sell like the cherished hell house. I'm going to yeah. move into a you smaller know place. He stayed in that. He stayed in that marriage for the money. Yeah, you know, because he, he was too much of like a, he's complacent." He's very complacent. You know, like, he's just like, oh, I'm not going to kick stuff up until this, like, hottie babysitter comes around. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he can't deny his uh, his instincts, his passion. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Did you like this movie? Where did where'd you, oh, I really did you liked feel? It. I really liked it. It was different than other Lifetime movies I'd seen. Because, first of all, it had a yes. very compressed timeline. It was, like, pretty much all over one night. Yes. And it was, like, a... Um, it was like more, I don't want to say it wasn't action heavy or plot heavy because they're all very plotty, but it was all, it was, a lot of it was about like, I'm upstairs, now I'm downstairs. They're up, the bad guys are upstairs. Yeah. I'm down here. I'm going up the staircase. They're going down the staircase. I can hear them on the monitor now. They can hear me. It was more about like, like a little bit of like a chess game as opposed to the usual right. Lifetime movie where I feel like stories like sort of, um, unwind over several days and there's lots of like, characters and, and settings. Like, I make fun of it all I will, like sure and I will. Like I also don't think these are easy movies to write. Like no. I don't think that's like the action alone is difficult to write. Like yeah. if I had to write this, it'd be missing probably 50 pages because I'd just be like, she goes upstairs. Like I would like, I would have <laughs> yeah, to they, really shorten it because it they, can be very like prosy, you know? Yeah. They actually like squeezed a lot of content out of yeah. it. Like in terms of like that, how they, they set up how they move their character around in the building, Yeah, you know? So like, sure. Was it the most suspenseful? No. Did, did, you know, Anne make a lot of dumb moves. Yes. We're, we're, were was Anne's character like was Peter awful? Was Anne given like almost like too much likability for someone who's sure. actually like a really terrible person? Sure, but I really respected how they like pl- like moved the characters all around this plot. And also like this just shows you also how thin the character work is in these yeah. movies because like we don't know anything about Anne. Like we know she's Truly nothing. pregnant and that she's a medical school student. But again, yeah. like, does she have friends, family? Like, where does she live? Like, where is she? And re- how long has she been with this family? Yeah, how long has she been with Matt? What happened? Who hired her initially? What right. was what was Carol like? Like, how did Carol get to be this person? Like, like there's all sorts of stuff that could have been filled in, and um, they 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 could have done better with that. And I think that's where we get like the little post-it drama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's um, the way that. We 
we rate movies here is on a scale of, you know, one to five, five being the most lifetime ever, Mother yeah. May I Sleep with Danger, and one being the least. Um, so what's your favorite movie of all time? We discussed this probably My last time. My favorite movie of all time. Well, maybe you can choose one of the genre if you want. Yeah, no, in this genre? Yeah. You know, I think one of my favorite movies in this genre of like, sort of like small, small thriller in a confined space. Yeah. You know what one I love is Red Eye starring Rachel McAdams. I actually love that movie. That's a really good one. That is actually a great example. That movie is also like 90 minutes. Yeah. And it shows how you can do a a thriller in a confined space, like mainly an airplane. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes in a house at the end. I actually really, really liked Red Eye. It was... And Rachel Great. McAdams was like peaking then, you know, yeah. she was like not Rachel McAdams, but she was like, yeah, she was on the rise. Uh, yeah. she was taking off if you will. Get yeah. It? And, uh, but they like generated a lot of like excitement and like a lot of little details, like little things like with the kid had the pencil that she used to stab later on. And there was like, there was like, it was exciting and thrilling. And then when, and then when it leads to that, like that thrilling climax, that climax was so so exciting and that yeah. was same as this like walking through a house the killer's in here where, where am i you know i mean you also nailed it in the most obvious parallel is that like this is a five to screams one you yeah. know like a scream is i think that's one of the reasons like why i even like want to work in this business is that movies mm-hmm. like that where i loved fucking screams scream so great. same director so much yeah same director as red eye Wes, Cra- Wes Craven. Really? I didn't know Wes Craven was uh, involved in Red Eye. And that's why I think it was so good was because, you know, he he almost always did horror. And here he had like a little thriller. And I think he just sort of had fun with it. Yeah. It's like, let's just make a suspenseful movie. It's a romp. Well, <laughs> on a scale of one to five, where would you put the acting in this movie? Hmm. I did like Carol, but... It's acting bad. could have used some work. I it's mean, this probably is at a two. Peter, Matt. I mean, this is, oh, this, is a, this would be a four then. Oh, not well, a two. I, oh I, I forgot. I forgot. No, you're, it's okay. Um, so this forgot, is a four. So, I mean, because okay. Peter's really bad. Matt's really bad. Fucking Anne is no one. Okay. The two guys are, the two killers are just. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, four. So believability of the world and characters. <laughs> um, I think we're. I mean, it's like. The the world is is a little bit more unreal than the characters. The characters yeah. feel okay real. They're yeah, just the not world, flushed out. I actually never believed ever that Matt was a jeweler. Like of every yeah. jeweler I've ever seemed to seen or met, like Matt did not read as jeweler. The world yeah, it's I think that what was strange about it was that the characters were believable. It was more like the perspective on the characters that the movie was giving us was not believable. Yes. And also like the idea that, I mean, maybe this is also of the time as well, that Carol and Matt would still even be together in this way. Yeah. Like, trying to make it work. Like, now I feel like they would step it up by being like, they have reasons why they're trying to make this work, and it's more apparent to the viewer. Yeah. I think, um, but I still think that there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of issues. Peter was a problem. I think the believability, I think overall still the believability was still fairly yeah. poor. Yeah. Want to give it like a three? Sure. Sure. The only reason why it, it ranks a three and not a four, why it gets that little edge is because I think as we, we, as we talked out these characters backstories, it was all fully plausible. Yeah. And I feel like it just, it was, 
the characters were, were just they just weren't explored yeah if it's almost like explored, mundane how yeah. simple these people are it's yeah. like more almost like the world in which any of this fucking happens it yeah. gets this far you know yeah. um creative use of words to avoid censorship i mean we didn't have any like really embarrassing ones like where it's like holy smokes or something in the middle of a very dramatic scene mm, yeah you're right um it's more that like it's more I mean, this it's category, more, it doesn't really apply almost, but it's almost as if like, you know what? I think you could adapt it to this movie to say like the, the category to be like, like, like egregious moments of non profanity. Like Anne should have cursed out Peter. A we million have, a, times. we have a category like that coming up. So oh, let's give this just like for straightforward. Let's just play forward. It's a one. It's one. not, um, let's go to dialogue. I mean, there was a couple sparkling moments. I would say there was nothing clever that I was like, oh, this is good. Carol, I would say, was the closest to anything that I was like, oh, this is kind of like chic. Yeah. Like, especially when she's in the office and she's like, oh, our Laura suddenly has scruples, you know, like, yeah, I liked her like shit. And I liked her shading of Anne. Um, you yeah. know, in the car when she was like, mm, and she probably ran away. You know, well, she like, doesn't know how to handle herself. That's all in Carol. Like, this is all the actors who played Carol. Yeah, when she's true. like, kids love monsters. Like, you give that yes. line to a lesser actress, she won't <laughs> yeah. know what to put. Like, she wouldn't know where to put it. I also think, um, I don't know if the if if Carol's proprietary spider song falls in this category. <laughs> yes, but I was, I don't know. I mean, I almost want to give that to the actress and just be like, Carol did this. They probably told her to improvise that. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, let's. Get I mean, dialogue, it's not great here. I'd say it's very, like, it's pretty standard lifetime fare, like maybe a 3.5 or a 4. Sure. I think 3.5. 3.5. Okay. Um, wardrobe. Um, I mean, I think that this leaned pretty lifetimey. Oh, well, well, we never even talked about the fact that Carol spent, like, the entire movie wearing, like, beet-colored you yeah. know, ensembles, you yes. know, she was wearing either business suits or she literally looked like Chris Jenner at the new year's yeah, Eve party. She, she really, she really did. And then again, like, um, Anne had that like very large size. Like it felt like something taken from like a Cinemax softcore, Yes. Port, like, like wardrobe department, like this big white sweater with the, the turtleneck in the first, in the first day. Yeah. And the second day she was wearing like a little black vest. And a, she and was a blue. wearing a vest over a long denim sleeve, like long sleeve denim. Like, shirt she like, was like just off work at alamo rental car you know yes it was very unfortunate i mean and then also we have the big oversized suits and we have the like the hammy stuff with the two i mean this, and all that men's warehouse this is like a four for me it's pretty yeah, bad uh, this is actually a terrible wardrobe because you know the thing is this it was 1999 and like we've seen Do you want to give this a five actually this yeah, is really bad you know what? we've seen movies from 99 that looked way more fashionable than like this was like what is happening in a this? movie about jewelry the jewels like they sparkled but they weren't pretty yeah which could work into matt's character because he is the creator sure. and he's a shithead sure but carol's but big think... necklace at the end was insane like you're going yeah. to the the you're heir to, your... to a jewelry fortune mm-hmm. and yeah. you're wearing that thing uh, which i'm sure her mom told her yeah oh you know she like was like that <laughs> it was thing. an issue that's part of why she unraveled um hair and makeup um, um the big makeup moments i would say were like the dead body and the blood smear yes so here the blood smear was like very obvious it, it was, was like like if someone took a paint roller yes, to her face it was like not like done with any thought no of nuance, how does blood get onto nothing. your face yeah it yeah. was like 
tribal. And then with the hair, I mean, I think we have our ponytail moment is a big moment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Jenner hair. And then Chris Jenner hair. I mean, for me, this is like, this is a four. It's pretty yeah. bad. Really bad. Um, music. It wasn't, it was, the opening notes are so, um, Ominous droning and, and like I yeah. honestly I just I had to tell Sammy can we pause this because like Wags it was doing something to Wags <laughs> yeah and I'm not sure if it was like the audio quality mixed with how just there were there were high sh- there was like there was a, a, a like a like a repeated like motif of like high pitched strings like anything anytime anything happened it was like it was a little just I'm gonna give this a Total. three I yeah. think just because three, it's not great but it's not background noise yeah crying. There was basically none in this entire movie. Um, there really was not. Now no. that you say that, not. I mean, did did Peter even cry? Not even Peter cried. No, and this is why I was worried about. I mean, the the babies cried a little bit on the monitor. I guess. Oh yeah, there was like weird like nighttime whimpering. Um, but no big Tori Spelly crying jag, which is what we look for. Yeah, Carol um, sort of approached a cry when she was. Like when she was going crazy, um, like when when he was leaving her after she'd been just run over by yeah. a car, and she's like, no, "Oh, you're leaving me. me!" Oh, you're right. Actually, this is a it four. Wasn't, it wasn't really a cry; it was more of a desperation moment. I say just because of that, we give it a four because yeah. Car- that was a big moment with Carol. Yeah. Um, victimization of the female character. I mean, typically this would go to Anne, but I feel like in this, this is, does the lifetime job of like basically. Every woman in this movie takes a hit. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're yeah, literally. I mean, yeah. Lisa gets it the worst, obviously. But then, um, yeah, Anne, we're supposed to feel like really terrible for. But I, you know, I have the most sympathy for Carol. I really, yeah. I'm, well, the mom gets that okay. Yeah, she, she gets that okay, but she has to live with herself. She has to live with what she did to Carol growing yeah. up that made Carol this way. Yeah, you know, she's going to be the one visiting her. I mean, do you want to give this a four? Yeah, this is big victimization of women, even though a woman ultimately does persevere, but that's what always happens. I mean, honestly, like if she got like, if she got like an STD the first time she had sex, like mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, actually, I'm going to say it's a, it's a three in you the victimization, meaning three, meaning that there, it's not as victim-y as it could be. Okay, great. Right? Yeah. Because, let's do that. you know, we previously, when I was on this, the show, we were on, we revenge porn. That was that was some serious like that victimization of a woman. That was like, oh, her life is getting totally destroyed. This was just a terrible night. Yeah, I agree. Um, failure or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. I want to give this a hard five. Like, oh, yeah. this is, this is it was like nothing but a serious, the of. definition of like, just not ignoring everything wrong. Drop plot lines. Um, I think this is like also pretty severe because like we don't even know what the fuck happened to Zach. Like this movie ends with (laughs) nothing being resolved. So I would say in a way, all the plot lines got dropped. Like why is, why was actually the mother even in the movie? Right. I mean, this is a five zero. She had no impact on the plot. I never do this. This is a fucking five. Like for me to go to rail into a five is that's coming in hot. It was, they had a full, full on, unnecessary character is this movie as good as i i think this movie is as fucking good as i remembered it being because you know you loved your font too and that's our final category Ah, it's very lifetime it's it's our last category yeah that font really said everything do you think this is a four or a five could this be any more lifetimey it's just it's so lifetimey i don't even know let's go for the five it's lifetimey in a way that's different it's different than from all a lot of lifetime movies and yet it is quintessential lifetime where are we at, Sammy? 45, 45. 
45.5. I'm telling you, I think that you might be the second only behind Ronnie, who was really fucking, we were really throwing numbers at the board when Ronnie was on, and that was 50.5. So, but like, I think that's by almost 10 points higher than like most of our movies. Wow. I mean, this movie, I remembered it being a banger. This was one that I had in mind when I started this podcast, Mm -hmm. and I just hadn't seen it in so long. And so I'm glad that like this is the banger I remember it being. Like, this is. Yeah. The nature of what this podcast was supposed to be about was find films like this. It was, but the, you know what I liked about it was that it was like deeply entertaining. Yes. Like I, I was never bored the entire movie. And I, what I also like about this too, is that this didn't have any like big stars in it. Like, Really of today well, or yesterday. Right. Well, actually, I mean, well, obviously, Jason Becker has become a huge star <laughs> right, on right, right. Uh, NBC now. That's true. But, like, they yeah. didn't have any, like, they didn't have, like, a, you know, rip from the headlines hook. They didn't have a star. They didn't have, like, a great banger. Like, they had not, like, they Just really made something. It's it's up there with, like, a good Haley Duff movie or something where you're, like, they really made something out of nothing here. Yeah. I think that they just were, like, they had, like, a fun little thriller. They had a fun time making it. And... You know, um, this is actually a great example of what movie making should be about. Like a closed set, like a very simple set. Yeah. You know, I mean, for all we know, you know this what's genius about it? This is cheap to make. Cheap. I mean, like they had, look, they had like the same identical apartments. They Two this- wardrobe changes for every character, like one other location, two other locations, maybe three. Yeah, I mean, there was like there was like that weird like the the jewelry shop, which sort of looked like it was from like Bulgaria, you know, like and then there was a hotel, the hotel, all the budget went into that hotel scene. Totally. And then you know what? That is like that is so fucking that is the sickest way to make a movie. Horrors are in a lot of ways the most easily manipulated and most fun to have in genre of movie making. They really are because like you can do like. It's also why I like love the purge, and I always like sound so stupid for saying this, but the fun of the purge is like there's you get to make the rules, and with the purge, the reason why it's so fucking terrifying is the yeah. rule is that there's no rules, and yeah. that is terrifying. Yeah. Um. So I loved doing this with you. This was really Thanks. I love that you're a film buff. I love that you're a film buff. You know your horror movies. Um, uh, Red Eye was a great choice. Good, thank you. Good pick. Wow. Thank you. It was you. like a real diamond in the rough. Thank you. Um. I am so honored that you gave me this movie to watch because um, knowing that it was like in the back of your head, it was a special movie for you yeah. and like letting me be here for this for baby monitor. I feel like we're kind of like two baby monitors connected right Honey, now. Honey, don't ever fear me. I love you so much, Ben. And I'm so glad that you picked this because on audience, here's the real tea. I gave Ben, I said, I want to do baby monitor sound of fear with you. Yeah. But like, here's some other options. And you mm-hmm. were like, Nope. You're like, I like that first one, the baby monitor sound of fear one. You like latched on right away. Right away. Well, cause I could also tell you really wanted to do it. And you like, <laughs> <laughs> and you like gave like because you but I could tell you felt a little bad and then you gave those other two and the other two were fine I forget what the other two were the second one I said I think option number two I said looked like it'd be okay yeah you know um but I could tell and I, and I looked at the first like few seconds of Baby Monitor and it just start opened with like Josie Pissette and I was like oh this is obviously like what we're gonna be doing I'm so glad that you saw that and also to the audience everyone out there this is our first baby centric movie I can't there's no baby that. napping but like I'm so glad we got to do Baby Monitor Sound of Fear together it like I'm fantastic. really glad you appreciated it it would have I feel really good about this. Thank you so now. much for having me on. You killed it, dude. I, Thank I, I you really so much. I the process. You guys watch what crap ends five days a week. You guys are at now five days a week. And we're also, do, we also do live shows. We just did like 
two in Atlanta, one in Palms and Beach. And they go all around the country. So if you guys enjoy Ronnie, which I know I hear all the time, uh, you guys fucking love Ronnie. You should love Ronnie. You should love Ben too. I'm sure you do now. You Thank didn't you. already. They travel all around the fucking like world, yeah. really. Yeah, we're so, going to Denver. We're going to Denver in September, and then we also have two shows in New York in October, and Seattle and Nashville coming up. So, so yeah, if you want a night of like entertainment with familiar voices, like these guys are. <laughs> no, I'm dead ass yeah. serious. Like even if you're not really super familiar with the Bravo world, you're gonna meet other people that are like minded. You yeah, know, that kind of like get your vibe. It's very cool. We actually get a bunch of people who usually get like dragged by a, like a girlfriend or yeah. like a, there's like a mom or whatever. And there are people who, and, and everyone who works at all the venues also, they have no idea. And they come and they say like, I don't watch the shows, but that was so funny. Yeah. Which is actually the biggest compliment ever. I that actually we was con- just thinking to myself, our audience, be a good friend. Go, if you don't like Bravo, look to the Bravo loving person in your life and say, I'm going to treat you. you to a thing. And you take them to watch your crap. And you can say, I heard these guys on a podcast. They're funny. I hate this Bravo shit, but you like it. And then you guys will have something to bond over. You can be a good friend for once Thank in you your so life. Thank you so much. And you know what? You guys will both actually have a good time because the, the crap, the vibe, like this is like something like a infomercial. <laughs> no, but the vibe in our shows is insane. It's so insane. I can't even explain it. So. No, it really. It's like I'm, and I'm being serious as a friend slash fan. Is that it's an infectious energy in the room and like yeah, it's unlike it's unreal. Actually, you know what? Bring the haters. Even don't just bring your friends. Bring your haters. Yeah, yeah. You guys will all bond. You guys, thank you so much for listening, Ben. Thank you for being here. Do you want to let anyone else know? I mean, your information's in the description. But B side yeah. blog is your Twitter. Uh, actually, I changed my Twitter to at Ben Mandelker. Oh, Oh, you I got just, it. Yeah. I, Honey. Um, I updated to like my real name. So, nice. at, so like uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Ben Mandelker. And Fabulous. Then at, uh, like watch what crappens on Instagram and what crappens on Twitter. And you can also catch Ben apparently at game game board conventions <laughs> across the United States, which is yeah, something I I'll did not know. Until I, was, now. I played one before coming over here. I'm not even going to lie. I love that. About the industrial, With friends? It's about the industrial revolution in England. Oh, fun. Okay. <laughs> so you got a nice warm up. Yeah. I wish mo- more of our guests did that. <laughs> yes. um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Sammy, thank you for being here. And I'll let you, I'll let everyone go now. All right. Thank you. Bye. How you doing, buddy? You okay? I'm okay. I was watching out for Zach. He was kind of scared. Well, Brian's just like Batman. No, we didn't need Batman or Robin. And saved us. Thank you for listening to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer, Nicole Matthew, as well as our producer, Sammy Junio. Much love to Christina Lopez for all of her help and Elizabeth Brozek for that killer logo. We love it when new listeners find our show. And the best way for that to happen is landing in the Apple podcast charts. You can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show. And if you want, leave a review. And if you really want to support the show, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash M-M-I-S-W-P. For information on our ranking system, episode details, and social media, head to MotherMayIsleepWithPodcast.com. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under M-O-L-L-S, Malls. And if not there, on my couch, binging Lifetime movies. See you next time.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.